Hello, I'm Kagan McLeod, currently the artist on Captara from Image Comics, and I'm listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Oh, that was a freaking strong one. Yeah. My meter said, ouch. But that's okay, because it's better that the meter says, ouch. And then instead of the meter saying, what? Did you say something? That's not good. That's never good. It's never good. No. I am stunned. Shocked, even. That I have watched more Punisher than you. Yeah. That should not yeah. be. What, what universe no. are we living in? Well, it's it was the universe of you know we're, we have a four day weekend coming up, so it's just oh. well we'll save it for that. So I won't spoil it too bad, but oh, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm getting your watched as much as you have, and that that after the last few shows, you, yeah. uh, didn't even try them. Yeah, yeah. Guess who's watching it with me? You will never ever believe it. Not the boy. No, he could not kill us. Well, I, it, it's, it's, I know it's not the wife, so it's <laughs> no. either the air, you know. Well, yeah. So. Who would you think out of the two? I'm going to say... Yeah. You are correct. Wow! Yeah. The Pokemon, Mega Man, loving, uh, innocent... Well, at least I thought she was. An innocent child is digging the hell out of the Punisher. She's like, this is so good. <laughs> I could not believe it. Yeah. You know what helped? Well, I can't tell you. But there's a character they include that she completely gets. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she gets this character. <laughs> I can't wait till after you watch it. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward. If I had to rank them, which is what we do as comic geeks, I, I would just throw everything out except for Daredevil and Jessica Jones. So is it is it what people have been saying? Like it, it's it's on par with that first season of Daredevil? Oh yeah, definitely. I was going to say I like it better than Daredevil, but I haven't seen the whole thing yet, so I can't really say that. But. It's it's very much on an even keel with the first season of Daredevil. I didn't like nice. the second season, you know that. Uh, so no, it's very good. And so far, no Rosario Dawson. So aces. That wow. <laughs> so far, anyway. I'm surprised she hasn't had to stitch him up or anything yet. Okay. No, no, he does that himself. Of course he does. Yeah, he doesn't have a very wide range. This uh, what's his name? Burn Burnthal. The guy that plays Punisher. Yeah, John yeah, Burnthal. Burnthal. Not, not a very uh, expansive uh, display of emotions, but he's good. I think he's good as the Punisher. He certainly looks like the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like Frank. Well, he could, a little bit more handsome, maybe. He could be, but... You know, cause well, Frank's, you figure Frank, is, Frank has seen some things, been through some things. Um, the, well, when, when Jim Lee drew Frank, plus. he was super... Uh, handsome but right Who? jim lee yeah jim lee yeah oh jim lee one yeah. yeah um and and even um 
the 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 Jim Mooney version, the Al Milgo version. I mean, that was pretty much in in that John Romita senior mold. But the the Brad Street covers it wasn't super attractive there. El Vomito. Uh, <laughs> and and I mean and 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 Dylan had had his look for him, but uh, yeah, and and I mean what 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 Punisher now with, with the platoon and and yeah. making him a little pretty. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think Dylan's Punisher's handsome. I do too. Yeah, yeah. While we're on the subject, Jason says you and I like to riff when we do this ourselves, and it's true. Um, I think it is true. It is true. Aside from if you sequester all the Punisher covers that were drawn by Mike Zek, because I think those are in a class by themselves. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. What is your favorite cover? Oh, from the Punisher. Oh man. Um, Bradstreet did have some. He had some nice covers, but I don't know if there's really any that were iconic. Um, I do have one variant cover that Steve Dillon actually did. Ooh. Um, from early in the uh, in the second Marvel Knights volume after Welcome Back, Frank. But I I like I kind of I, I it's weird because it it was always an odd. Co- I like the first cover. That that Klaus did for the first issue. Mm-hmm. Strange cover, though. It was. He's yeah. Fire escape. Was that yeah. A bazooka. It's just. You know um, you're going to fall if you shoot that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's in mid mid jump where he's about to go through the window. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? It's it's odd. It's not a great cover, and I don't remember who drew it. It could be. A Jim Lee, but I'm thinking it's not. Remember when um, Frank uh, retreated to suburbia? And it's the one where he's cutting the grass with the lawnmower. And you see the... It's oh, an I- that's... Yeah, that's from Psychoville, USA. Yeah, I love that's that from, cover. That's from, uh, that's from Warzone. Yeah. Love that's that like the cover. second or third arc. That's, yep. that's, that's a Mike McCone cover. Okay, Mike McCone. With the uh, and that arc was uh, written by um, Abnett and Lanning. Yeah, that's it's a great. I, arc. I, I don't know why I like that cover so much. I just do because it's like fish out of water. You have this guy who's going against the grain, and yeah. it's you see the skull. It's yeah, great. I love it. He's he's more comfortable in steamy, sweaty jungles, dodging bullets, and then you have him in a backyard <laughs> cutting the grass. You know, it's, it's a great cover. I love it. And the other covers where you know he's on the couch with his family, and, and right, of course right. now, now you're breaking up again. That's okay. We'll All right, f- we'll fix it. Okay. Not, not really. You you get what you get because this is what you get, and it's eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and eight, my friends. Damn. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I am also David A. Price. Forever and ever. And I am, what? 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 Oh, that's right. There's nobody else here with us this week. Jason is on vacation and can't be here with us this week because he does not want to risk the wrath of the woman. I don't blame him very much. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's got to do family things once in a while. 
So uh, here we are, David and myself. We're going to bring it to you old school style. It's bullpen bulletins all over again. And that's okay, right? I think that's all right. I like it. I'm comfortable with it. And you know what I'm very comfortable with? I'm very comfortable with getting my boxes every month from Discount Comic Book Service. It is a treat. It's like Christmas. I only do the once a month shopping or shipping. Well, there we go with this wine already. I I only do once a month shipping because I like to anticipate things like David is so famous for chiding me uh, about not tracking packages. I I don't want to know, like when the discount comic book service message comes and says, hey, your package is on its way. I almost get like salty because I don't want to know. But I don't. I really don't. I, I like to come home and go to get my mail and walk up to the front stoop and see, oh my goodness, it's a box of comics. I didn't even expect this. Because it's a surprise, right? But anyway, I like getting it from Discount Comic Book Service because they are the absolute best. Where can you find them on the web? DCBService.com. You can get everything you can find inside that thick-ass previews catalog for a mere fraction of the price. Such as, from Chapter House Publishing, it is Phantoma. Yes, that's right. Phantoma is a reimagining, I think of the the famous uh, Guardian of the Jungle as um, created by Fletcher Hanks. So there's a kitsch factor to it. There's a real wonky, uh, off-kilter indie uh, vibe going through it. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm hoping for the best. I mean, if you're going to take... She's not iconic at all. If you're going to take a uh, fan favorite character like that, reimagine it in the modern day... I'm going to be along for the ride. I did not get in on the single issues of this book, which is why I'm giddy that Chapter House has decided to collect the first arc or so into a trade paperback with a cover price of what? $9.99. But you are not going to pay that because you know where to go to get inexpensive comics and graphic novels. DCBService.com has it for $5.49. That's 45% off. And while you're there... Jump in on the ground floor of season two of Phantoma. The first issue has a cover price of a dollar ninety nine. Respect. But I felt like Jason there for a second. But you get it for forty five percent off that. You get it for a dollar nine. Where are you gonna find a comic that's not published by Alterna Comics for a dollar nine? It's not happening. No. No. From Dark Horse and Berger Books, uh foodies take note. It is Hungry Ghosts, number one, by Anthony Bourdain and Joel Rose, art by Alberto Ponticelli and Vanessa Del Rey. This is a uh, four-issue miniseries, cover price three ninety nine. but super smart people know DCBService.com has it for $1.99, half that. Last but not least, it's DC with Jack Kirby 100. You get all of the specials that they recently released. The New Gods, the Newsboy Legion, Boy Commandos, uh, Sandman, Manhunter, and Darkseid. All that good stuff. One cover, sixteen ninety nine cover price. But that's not what they're going to pay. Do you know, David, what they're going to pay? What was it again, retail? sixteen ninety nine. 
$8.49. You were close. Oh, I'd give it to you for that. You, you could pay 50 cents okay. more. It's okay. Um, so you saved half off the cover price. My goodness. Go there. DCBService.com. Just, there's really nowhere else to go to save this kind of money on your books. I, I raised my glass to them. Nice. Here's the part where you say what's in that glass. You know what? I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take over for Jason tonight. Vince. Yes, my friend. What are you drinking this evening? I bought this. Even though I'm drinking it, <laughs> I bought this for you because this is from Yellowtail Cabernet Merlot. Haven't you mentioned Yellowtail in the past? I could have swore you did. Yes. Oh, I mean, but yes, uh, some time ago. But yes. You. So you have had it. What's the label? It's uh, It looks like an aboriginal drawing of a kangaroo. Yeah. It's got orange and yellow in it and some gold. Yeah. And it's it's very stylized and massively out of proportion. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a cool drawing. Um, to 2016, crafted by the Casella family. And it says something on the back, which I can't. Oh, it is Australian. Mm-hmm. In the small Australian town of Yenda, the Casella family has been making wine for generations. So there you go. And on the scale, oh, how cute. There's a dry and sweet scale on the back with a kangaroo jumping about a quarter of the way past dry. So this is a semi-dry wine. And I think it's very damn tasty. And I bought it for you because I wanted to surprise you. Oh, and you sure did. Yeah. Do you save your I corks? Not, yeah. You know what? Renee is not happy that I do. That I try to. We we I have a large bag downstairs because I want to do something. I don't know if I right. if I want to make a cork board, if I want to make like um not coasters but like trivets. I want to do something with them. Sure. But it's just like why are we saving these corks? You haven't done anything with them. And I keep looking for like like crafts and do-it-yourself things. Like if someone made a frame that you just, you know, glue all the corks together with. And But yeah. um, I've seen I just, people I have a bag in the basement and I haven't done anything with them yet. Who they'll buy like big-ass goblets and mm-hmm. they, just, they just throw a bunch of corks in it and put it on their like living room furniture. Yes. Like just something to look drink. at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's... I, I, when I, when I open a bottle, look how much I drink, <laughs> I, when, when I, look, look, look at your drunk friend. When I open a bottle, when I close it, I just turn the cork over and shove it in. And then I put mm. the bottle away. My wife hates that. And, and we have, okay. we have silicone stoppers and, and she'll use those over all the, you know, she just, and, and so if, if I open up a bottle of her wine, I know not to put the cork in it. On the times where I absolutely do, then I see the cork like either tossed off onto the counter and replaced with her stopper, or I just I, I should just know better. But um, I would keep doing it if I were you, because <laughs> you want to see her kick my ass. I get it. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am finishing this bottle because I called the liquor store we usually go to when they are open tomorrow for a few hours. So I'm going to restock the cellar. I am finishing 
a bottle of Robert Mondavi Private Selection aged in bourbon barrels, Cabernet Sauvignon Yon. from Monterey County in the year of our Lord, 2016. Wow. See, I, I made a very special trip to the wine store and I, I had it in, in my mind to get something aged in like the whiskey or the bourbon barrel <laughs> and they have nothing in, in yeah, my Yeah, it's... I don't... What's wrong with them? I don't know if it's a... For some of them, I think it might be seasonal, but you should be able to find apothic inferno i that's what i was and, looking for because somebody just put it on the have it right they put it on the what was it the facebook or the twitter or something no, one on of twitter, our friends um our boy our boy cliff yeah cliff did it right and i said yeah. okay that's gonna jostle my memory i'm gonna go and get this apothic stuff and they didn't have it you Maybe should also get my place uh, you should sucks. try um no they don't suck you should um because a lot of places have a distributor, and some of those distributors don't get things from everything from everybody. They don't get everything from everyone. So if like um, you might just get a pothic crush, whereas some of the other places might get a pothic red or dark or inferno. And inferno. You know what so, the problem is though? I go to I go to an annex of this store. The one in Scranton is small. The one in Clark Summit is huge. That's like one of the main bases. It's three times the size of our store. In Scranton. So if I want to get this stuff, I should make the trip to Clark Summit because I know they're going to have it. But I didn't have time tonight because I like I, you know, stuff happened. But anyway, Mm -hmm. maybe so I'll have time. Maybe over the weekend, I'll stop in the Clark Summit store and I'll get some apothic because anything with that little extra bourbon or whiskey is the same thing, isn't it? Bourbon and whiskey. No, bourbon is bourbon is American whiskey. Right. Okay. So anything with an extra kick for the same or a little bit more money, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm good. You, uh, you might, and this is something that Cliff and I and uh, Carl Slominski were talking about on Twitter. You might like um, any of the Reds from 19 Crimes, which is also based in Australia. Cool. Um, the the bottles are pretty cool, but the the labels are all um mug shots from the from the criminals that the English sent to that penal colony known as Australia. <laughs> Our buddy Roland's and, a criminal, that's what it is. And it's 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 and the nineteen crimes are those those nineteen crimes that, that you were um that you were punished for uh that would cause you to be sent away. So uh, but but they're their reds are fantastic. I, I and they go down real easy. You will finish a bottle while we record. I know that's the problem. I started early yeah. because um, I did too. Yeah, the one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, probably the first thing, I had to make a special trip to get because yes, I'm a DCBService.com customer, but I like to hold back on some things that I know the 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 local shop is going to have. Uh, such as mm-hmm. special events, um, DC or Marvel special events. I won't get those through DCB service. I'll make a special trip to the comic shop because I have to admit, part of me misses the weekly trip to the shop. And mm-hmm. uh, so on this book, I did not order it. And I made a special trip to the comic shop, uh, specifically Comics on the Green in Scranton, 
to get a copy of Doomsday Clock number one. Ah. Yeah. Uh, and I, that, I, we we're going to start with that? Yeah, if you want. I kind of jumped ahead. Do you have any thank yous? Oh, um, no. All right. So let's do this. Doomsday Clock, number one. I um, opted for the extra fancy schmancy lenticular cover because I'm uh, very much enraptured by lights and motion. <laughs> so I had to have it. Did you see it? The the lenticular cover? I did. Somebody uh somebody on Twitter went to the shop and picked up two copies, uh the the main cover and the um the lentic. So I did get to see the the Trinity logos inside the uh, in, inside of our shark's mask. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, and the thing I like about it uh is that it's actual Dave Gibbons art. Yes, yeah, they use the uh, they use Gibbons art for um, for yeah, basically that's exactly it. Yeah, they, um, yeah. But before we get into this, I think we should state our 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 cases here, um, or at least some kind of disclaimer. Um, if you have been listening long enough to remember our talks on the before Watchmen stuff, what's that? I'm not a Watchmen purist. No, you are not. No. I think it's it's uh, such a rich vein of uh, creative potential that DC should have been hap- should have been tapping the Watchmen um, mine a long time ago. You acknowledge that it is a it, it is a great story, maybe maybe argue that it's it's perfect, but it it's not it's not the be all end all. It's not, it doesn't exist so that it can never be tapped again. Nothing is sacred. Nothing should be right. sacred, right? Um, but I, I, I understand that there are people who feel that this book, um, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, uh, Watchmen, should not be touched. It should be isolated in a vacuum. Those fools. And, and never touch it. Um, it is perfect the way it is. It, it was a product of its time, and it should be left alone. I'm not one of those people. And I don't think you are either. Are you? I, <laughs> I no, I think if, if um I don't think I am, but with a qualifier. Um Okay. That's fair. Because just because something exists and just because before Watchmen exist doesn't mean I have to read it. it it's I'm glad that it's it's there for people to enjoy if they want to see what happened before the story that Alan and Dave told, it's now available for them to consume. But right. it's not something I need to read. Not that it would dilute. You know, it's it's funny. People like to argue, well, does it does it damage the story that you read that, that you enjoyed growing up that you, you know, does it, if you look back on your shelf, did it ruin the book that you, no. And, yeah, is and, your book and melting? <laughs> right. But it, at the same time, I don't, I don't want the story I enjoyed diluted or warped because it's still be, because i am a comic book reader and the way i enjoy my stories i you know it, it, there's a whole thing about continuity and 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 how things fit and not everything is a standalone throwaway story it, this isn't the silver age anymore we got done talking about superman a while ago so it's it's this is still it's the before watchman stuff is based on something that these stories are taking place 
before a story that came out before this story was when it was published. So it's, it's, it, it's just one of those things where I, everything I need are in those 12 issues by Alan and Dave. I don't need anything beyond that. And, and, uh, for me to, especially because this is the sad part of it or, or the dirty part of, of knowing about the business side of things. And it's like, listen, it's there. It's DC's to make money from and, and off of. And, you know, like Vince always says, don't give your shit away and screw Alan Moore for giving away his ideas to DC for now. Have it. Now they can do this with it, but they, they obviously can do whatever they want yep. with their property. And, and they did. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where, um, Go ahead. No, finish. I have it's, I have a complete thought that's predicated on something that you said, but not what you're saying now. So I'm just go, keep going. It's it's a um, it, the, those twelve issues. I find a way out. I don't need to know anything that, that that came before it, and and because of the whole business side of things and it being a cash grab, the fact that Alan and Dave really weren't involved in telling these stories of these characters that they in air quotes created i it, it's one of those things where you know why would i why would i want to read something when even though you know i'll read years worth of amazing spider-man it's not like stan and steve are still writing they're working on the stories that i'm enjoying now i mean they're very far removed from it but so watchmen is a weird thing for me where i don't um it's not necessarily sacred what I have, I enjoy, and and the fact that I'm not I'm not throwing a pox on anybody who enjoyed before Watchmen or deigned to pick it up, but I I'm I'm fine with what I know based on the original story. Right. What I was going to add was I find it ironic that you um, brought up my "Don't Give It Away" mm-hmm. in in comparison with alan moore on watchmen when these ideas aren't really his exactly right right, right, right. They're, they're charlton characters they're charlton characters. but yes. that's the thing that alan moore does exceptionally well probably the best um ever is he takes existing concepts and makes them far far better than they originally were um and if you look at his back catalog i think his his proudest moments or his 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 finest achievements are exactly that things that he has appropriated from other yes. sources and made better watchmen right. being the, the the top of that mountain swamp thing um league of extraordinary gentlemen yes the league um the uh neonomicon and um the, the the whole lovecraft um appropriation that he takes things and adds that special alan moore sauce that nobody else knows the formula for it and you know if even if they did they could not reproduce it to taste as good as the dish that alan moore serves up on a constant basis he just right. makes things better his his origin like even his green lantern stuff that he did they're great stories but mm-hmm. he just he he finds the thing that makes these properties work and he puts a totally unique spin on it 
and makes it his own. And in, in, in his wake, everything has changed. Um, I know Zach is going to, you know, cry foul at this, but Rorschach is a far better character than the question ever was. <laughs> no, it, 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 that's just how it, like, it is. But I think it, it's, but, but is that because Rorschach only exists in those 12 issues? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, and any before Watchmen issues, but whereas everything you, anything you could get about Rorschach happened in those 12 issues of Watchmen. There was no more, mm-hmm. and there was there, there there wasn't anything leading up to it. So that that's it. So it's it's pretty much encased in that. It's 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 perfect the way it is, and it hasn't been diluted. It hasn't been picked apart, or anybody decided to you know have him team up with Wild Dog. It was just oh, that'd be so cool. It would be. It's just, you know, <laughs> anything you want to know about Rorschach, it's just in these 12 issues. This is all you got. Whereas with the question, you can read the Ditko stuff. You can read the O'Neill and Skev stuff. You can read, I mean, there's, there is, uh, Skevich did the covers, but, but the, the, the Cohen stuff, there's just, they're great covers. There isn't, um, there, there, or, you know, Renee Montoya might be your cup. So it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you have a lot of, of question to choose from and, and there's going to be some highs and lows whereas with Rorschach it's this is all you have so I don't disagree with you that Rorschach is a better character um, but Rorschach hasn't been picked apart the way Vic Sage has no and characters are like costumes mm-hmm. when when Alan Moore wore the, the Rorschach costume that was his interpretation of a character that that okay he took from part from the past but mostly you know tweaked it in order to fit within this narrative that that he had devised but that's him in the the costume i don't cry foul when someone else comes in and puts on the costume the character's not going to walk talk act breathe fart scream die like they would when Alan Moore was wearing the costume. But that's the good thing about it, right? That that how many different creators have worn the Spider Man costume? They all have different voices or unique voices and we, we single out others as being, you know, more palatable than others, right? Dan Slot being the current dish that's very tasty. Where at least he was, but I mean, you know, I liked it when Jerry Conway wore the Spider-Man costume. Most people liked it when Stan Lee wore the Spider-Man costume. But what I'm saying is, the 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 characters are just mouthpieces for the creators. They they can't do anything on their own. They're they're inert until someone comes in, picks them up, and says, "I'm going to do something really special with this character." Um, I'm a, I'm a good writer but as a human being i can't help but filter some of my personality into this character or 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 tweak my sensibilities to fit what i think this character should be saying but still it's all it's all it all goes through 
that that screen of Jerry Conway or Stan Lee or uh, JMS or, or all the people, Dan Slott, who's ever worked on Spider-Man, they're just wearing the Spider-Man costume. I, I don't think it's a travesty that other creators have chosen to wear the Watchmen costumes. I, I, I just think it's cool. Give somebody else a shot. That's all. Yes. It's, but what's what was stopping what was stopping Darwin from pitching a Phantom Lady series or Amanda and Jimmy doing a new take on Peacemaker or something. Anything that, you know, it it's be cool. You know, so it's it's there. It's it was one of those things at the time where it was a very elite club because oh, we're working on the Watchmen characters and those property, and and it's it, it's just it did leave a sour taste in my mouth. Not because not so much of the thumbing their nose at. Alan Moore. It, it was just one of those things where you know, and I'll be, hey, more you get a you get an opportunity like that. Shit, yeah, strike and 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 get on it, and and you know, more power to you if you can be associated to something like this. But at the same time, as weird as it may sound, uh, it just it's it's like you know, of all of all the things they have at their disposal, of all the properties DC has. It's like this is the one you're gonna. It, it, it's like you left, and and it was just in the timing because you know it was that that was the one thing that Paul Levitz was like, you know, this will never get touched. This is just this is Alan and Dave's thing, and it was just like as soon as like before the door even closed, as Paul was walking away, they're just like, all right, fuck it, who's all right? We got we got Darwin, we got Jimmy, we got Edness. Like everybody's like, sweet, let let let's. I'm not going to say let's um, violate or assault. The Watchmen property, but it was just one of those things where it's just like I, it, it's just it's, it feels weird. But hey, people got cool stories out of them. I take it, and and that's that's the important thing is that we're, we're here to read these stories and and right. and talk about them. So that happened, and I, whereas I'll say the Watchmen idea is not sacred. I do I do subscribe to the idea that, and, and like you said, not every story. There's no story. No story is sacred. I do believe that not every story needs to be told in every medium. the The comic book, The Watchmen, is fantastic. It exists as a comic book. It is perfect in that package. It, it it does exactly. You got the nine panel grid. You've got you've got the slow, deliberate movements. You've got everything you need was paced and and plotted and and planned by these two guys, and they executed flawlessly. And when you have to go and either cut up the panels to turn it into a an, an animated cartoon comic strip, or you want to make it into a live action movie, then that's that that's it loses something there. And it, it's I mean it's, and and. This isn't Zack Snyder hate it. I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't matter who made a Watchmen movie. It that is one thing that I don't think ever needed to be done. Okay, I like the movie, by the way, but 
I, I will. That's fine. I, I like will Iron ad- Man 3, so we're I, cool. Well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I will admit, Thank you. Yeah, I will admit that the movie is far inferior to the comic. The comic well, is this little no, this... pristine jewel that, you know, shines in any kind of light. The movie is, yes. is its own thing, but yeah. Art is going to be exploited no matter what. And it, when when you put that layer of the commerce on, yeah, on top of it, no, the 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 things that we hold sacred, as long as somebody owns the rights to them, they're going to be exploited. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But and and I don't think that the movie was entirely necessary, but. There was no way. He, it was doomed to failure from the get-go. There's no way that you could ever encapsulate all of the nuances for which that story is known. The, 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 it's, it's like dancing a poem. You can't do it. it you, you cannot approximate the, the, the grandeur of one medium in another it's 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 just not possible that that's why we all like to 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 get all pissy pants when when they say you know they they took this comic and they made it into a movie and oh my god it's 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 just not good well it's never going to be good enough because it's another medium it doesn't work the same it's like a machine that doesn't work the same way as the the other machine right it it couldn't possibly right. work the same way but they continue to do it because someone owns the rights to it and mm-hmm. and then they need to squeeze that 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 sponge and get every little drip out uh, you know of 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 money and it's just the way it is it sucks but you know i mean we should expect it at this point right oh yeah yeah i mean if i had my way people should be thanking their lucky stars that i am not the editor in chief at dc because i would have morpheus well, Daniel. I would have Daniel in every single DC title. That's They have not exploited Sandman anywhere near as close as I think they should have. That's That I'm has sure been that. relatively untouched. The, the last time we saw it was Overture, and that was Gaiman. That was, the, 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 that was Papa, you know, telling well, he, more stories. Well, didn't, didn't Daniel show up in Metal? Or, or, or the... Yeah, did he show up in... in right, in, but again, I, I just think it's because the floodgates have opened at DC. I mean, we're talking 2017. Sandman should have been exploited a long time ago. Sandman, or Daniel, should be like the Phantom Stranger. He should be trailing through every DC book. We should know... But they have a Phantom... They should use the Phantom Stranger. I mean, and on a different level, the, fa- the Daniel does things the Phantom Stranger can't possibly do, or know, right? Mm. Dan- Daniel should know things about Superman that the Phantom Stranger does not know. He's privy to the dreams, so he knows what Superman dreams. As- Speaking of Superman yes, dreams. see how I did that? What see, a segue! Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, you you Doomsday do it. Clock, right one. Brought to you by Jeff Johns, Gary Frank as illustrator. No, no John Seibel, no Cam Smith, no anchors, and Brad Anderson on colors. It is um, the first issue of a twelve-issue maxi series, um, self-contained, and it is 
yes, self-contained, but variant covers out the wazoo. And right. you have um, this is for those of you who read DC Universe Rebirth um, and heard us gush about it. This is, um, you know, it's you've had teasers throughout the year, whether it's it's Saturn Girl showing up somewhere or the button. Uh, but it was all leading to this. Uh, and so it began today, finally. And um, I think I think it absolutely looks amazing. Um, there's it's agree. it's it's Gary Frank with some with some nice nods to Dave. Uh, but the um, there's there, there's no mistaking those mouths or those eyes and and Gary Frank just does a fantastic job. It it it, it does employ the nine panel grid for most ninety eight percent of the issue. Yeah. Um, there's there, there's pages that's twelve, um, but it's it's a um, it's I can tell I, I based on this first issue I can see why it's going to be twelve. It, it's oh, it's yeah. not it's it is it's um I'm not going to say deliberate, but it it's um there's the pace is not. Uh, fast at all and it, it's it, i mean we're not talking about the sloth from zootopia but it's still the, <laughs> the there are moments where you're just like oh god why are we still on this page but yeah um it's it's i i i like the mime i like him a lot uh and you know what i i okay the i appreciate the tweaks i i it does take place after the twelfth issue of Watchmen, they're letting you know what's going on um, in the time between number twelve and this issue number one. Uh, they haven't; they don't tell you everything flat out, and 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 I appreciate that. I I don't I don't I don't want to read an encyclopedia for my first issue, and and there's back matter which is pretty neat, but. Uh, there's one pretty cool reveal that that happens early in the issue, where uh, that's when I pretty much started to take notice. I'm like, okay, all right, they they're not Jeff Johns is not just going to he's not ready issue thirteen of Watchmen. This isn't a straight up continuation, right? Uh, and, and that's why I wanted to reply to him, but I didn't because I wanted to save it for the show and let him listen to it. But Jason sent us a message on the Slack and said, yep. you know, I've read the first issue of Doomsday Clock, and I'm, and these are his own words, so I'm, I'm not paraphrasing. These are exact. Trying to do what Moore did feels like trying hard to be someone else instead of your own very accomplished self. And I, I completely disagree with that. I don't think Jeff Johns tried to be Alan Moore at all in this issue, other than bringing over the skeleton, uh, the structural elements of Watchmen. Yeah, the nine-panel grid is here. But that's mostly it. He did, if, if you notice, the characters of um, the marionette and the mime, mm -hmm. 
he did exactly what Alan Moore did for Watchmen. The mime and the marionette are Punch and Julie. Yes. From, uh, I believe it was Captain Adam, which was a Charlton book. Yeah, I think you're right. So he, uh, you know, history repeats, and he 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 made that. You know, he took the cap off to Alan and said, okay, I'm going to follow in your footsteps and, and appropriate some characters from Charlton to do uh, placeholders, to do what I want them to do. Um, but other than that, I think Jeff Johns took great pains to distance himself from the way Watchmen lives, lived and breathed. Like, the first page I, I thought was a a blatant statement that this is a different beast than what you know. Like, yes, it starts with a very close up of the end is here sign and it pulls back and it pulls back and, and the camera pulls back like we saw in Watchmen, but mm -hmm. it doesn't coalesce into an image like, Moran Gibbons did in Watchmen. Like when they pulled back in Watchmen, you saw something that took shape over a passage of panels, whether it was the button or a cityscape or something recognizable. You don't get that on the first page. It pulls back for six panels and then it just stops. There's no payoff. There's no hidden image within the the tracking no, no the, the tracking of the camera doesn't reveal right. something that is bigger the, it, it doesn't reveal the the macro and the micro you know what i mean it, there's there's nothing that is um hidden from view and then as we're pulling back we see it take shape that's what watchman did there's none of that in this in, in fact, in, kind of, he just stops, right? At the beginning, I mean, it, it does kind of pull back on the last page of the issue after the the nightmare and 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 uh, our two yeah, but it's not anything to. notable. But yeah, it's, it's just not, a room. Right, it's not, yeah, well, as far as we know right now. Yes, you're right, and and it's and so yeah, there isn't. Um, it's so to that. Yes, no, I I, I agree with you. I. I I get um I didn't feel that that Johns was trying to write like Alan Moore or tell an Alan Moore story there no. were it's it definitely gives off that vibe there's there's it's you know it this is this is uh, for all intents and purposes a world that 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 Alan Moore created so so Johns is is working in it uh but it's still you know, more is a chameleon where it doesn't matter whether he's writing any of those books we mentioned earlier. You know, it's, I, I don't, I don't really like Warren Ellis, you know, you're reading a Warren Ellis comic book and, uh, or a Grant Morrison comic book. You, Alan Moore is so good that it, it doesn't, he's, it's, it doesn't, he, he, he has certain takes that, that, that if you're, a long enough fan, you, you you may pick up on some things, but it's it. I guess Alan Moore's voice is that he just lets the characters 
speak for themselves. He doesn't, he, he doesn't try to, uh, I'm Alan Moore. I'm the writer. I'm smarter than everybody else. And, and my characters are going to show that to you. He just lets the characters be and, and, right. Uh, exactly. That's the, you know, you just nailed it. That's the difference between Alan Moore and the person they most commonly compare him to or compare to him, I should say, Grant Morrison. In Alan Moore stuff, you don't get the sense that he's mirror gazing. Right. That's what Grant Morrison does constantly. All the time. He's constantly looking in the mirror. You're so smart. You're so sexy. Everyone is... is, uh, uh, in your shadow. Look at this. You are just so intelligent. Dazzle them with your prowess. Alan Moore doesn't do that. He's good enough to know I don't need to do that because I am the freaking best. Where Grant Morrison still has this, I'm so smart. Do you need to Google this reference because it is so archaic and so obscure that I pulled this out of a 17th century text that I found somewhere in a flea market and i'm just going to use it in my book and you're dumb you're dumb for not knowing that this exists that's not alan moore right right but i mean you just nailed it well i get it right every once in a while you do the the um i mentioned punch and julie my marionette uh and that well, we when we meet Marionette, um, we're shown the first uh, clue that 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 everything you know, if you read those twelve issues, um, things aren't the same. Things right. have changed in the time that between between the end of Watchmen, which was the late eighties, and um, and we're now. A few years after that, this is the, the, the early to mid nineties, and uh, and I I liked that. I, I I just I we can spoil it. I think we can spoil it. The shock. Let, let's just give them some time and say if you haven't read the first <laughs> yes. issue of Doomsday Clock, fast forward a little bit because we're going to spoil it. When Rorschach shows up at a um, at a prison, he, he he's on a job, and you find out that you know who who hired him for this job or who he's working with, not for, never for. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, <laughs> that, those are some great pages, man. Yeah. Uh, Rorschach shows up in prison to break someone out that that's someone being the marionette um so when he when he sees her and she sees him she's she's livid and and um she doesn't trust him and rorschach saying listen this you're not he still kind of has the same mannerisms still has the same um speech patterns uh it's 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 so it's very and plus i'm sure the mask muffles it so it's very hard to tell if this person isn't the same but the um marionette demands that uh this rorschach prove that what he's saying is true and that he is not that same person and he does 
by removing the glove of his left hand and showing that skin color be a tad darker than Ernie Kovacs. And, and, and it is the hand of, we'll say a black man. And he, uh, the, he's, he's telling her what the, he doesn't know what the job is, just that he, she is needed. And her payment for this job will be the low. She'll find out where her son is. And so she's, she's down with it, except she won't just straight up leave. She needs to leave with her husband. Right. Who is the mime. And I, I thought his introduction and, and her, her build up to, to his character, to his personality. I love those pages. I, I, uh, you know, cause he, he, he plays possum and he, uh, there are other inmates since, since the prison is basically wide open now and, and, and the inmates have left their cells. Um, they are, uh, they grab the mind, pull him out of his cell, start beating up him, start, start beating on him. Wife shows up and says, we're leaving. And, uh, and they don't, they really don't have time for this. And Rorschach keeps explaining that, you know, listen, we don't, no time for games. we got to go. We have, there's, there's, even though my watch is slow, I don't know what's going on, but we got to get out of here. Time's a waste. And, uh, she, she says, listen, he's just, this is his thing. He's got to do his whole performance. It's, it's, it's. It's what he does, and he um, he pretty much goes goes full ballet Frank Castle on these brutal, dudes. Brutal, brutal, <laughs> and and kudos to Gary Frank for being able to use just the the static images between the expression on my man's face, his body language, what he's doing with his hands to get the point across. She doesn't really need to tell you. She doesn't need to tell us what he's doing, what he's looking for. You can, you know, just based on on what he's doing, that, um, and and in that regard, I think Jeff Johns and and Gary Frank work work well together. I, I don't know what the script was like. I'm sure we'll find out in what the eventual director's cut. But it's a, um, yeah, it's it, you know, it was. I I have never considered Gary Frank all that expressive of an artist. Okay. He's an elegant draftsman. I, I, I would marvel at the precision he brought to his images. Um, but here he surprised me. The, the, the facial expressions in this issue are amazing. Mostly, um, from the marionette. Like there's a wide range of expression on this woman there's surprise there's anguish there's um severe anger revulsion like when he hands her the 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 payment and she goes oh it's sticky and you know just that upper like that billy idol upper lip curl thing you know and then she's like then she segs into this kind of like sultry like she's working them at one point and she's sexy as hell and then when he shows her the picture of the the child, she's she she segs from su- surprise 
to anger very quickly and the anger is just like brutal she her teeth are she's gritty no i just think it's a very wide range of expressions that that gary frank has on display here but when the the mime is done with his dance and he's like ta-da you know that look (laughs) on his face it's like it's priceless it really is but um one of the things that I don't normally associate with Watchmen is humor. Mm. But it, but in this issue, when um, after he's done with his little his little dance, and and she's like, "We can't leave without his weapons," and Warshak's <laughs> like, "All right, you know, whatever, we'll go get his weapons." So he goes to a locker, and the mime opens it, and the locker's empty. And Warshak's like. Geez, they must have they must have got everything out of here before you get you know whatever. There's nothing in there, and the mime reaches in and he's miming, putting on weaponry, and then he, he looks like he's you know he's either got a gun or he's adjusting a tire or something, right? Yeah, he goes through this this whole this whole pantomime of of equipping himself, and and Rorschach looks at him and says, "You have big problems." <laughs> Like I love that one panel, that that made the cover price very much worthwhile for me. That just that one panel, I laughed right. out loud. The the old LOL. Yeah, I thought I said that's because I would never, I wouldn't, you know, the old Warshak and 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 say Night Owl. They they might have conversations, and but that Warshak never gave the impression that, at which this is right off the bat when when he's going through the prison and he finds the marionette it it even though the word balloons were shaped the same and and the the phrasing may have been the same there was definitely a difference between what we we knew before this issue and and the way this this Rorschach kind of carries himself and it, it just it wasn't quite apparent right at the beginning but as he's still talking to her especially when he's talking about the watch and 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 no time and it's just it, it there's there's there were little there were signs that that something it not that it's not still serious but there were signs of life that we didn't see before and yeah like you said when, once we get to that <laughs> him, him loading up his weapons and and Rorschach telling him he's got big problems that was that that's yeah and then we get to the car and, and he's but been living in and there is a difference between this Rorschach and and Alan Moore's. The the Kovacs would not have let the watch rule him. Like the the watch in this issue, the watch doesn't work right. It doesn't tell the correct time. Kovacs would never have put up with that. He would have demanded that the watch or got another watch. He he would have he would not have been beholden to a device that did not perform adequately this guy is i don't know if it's just his current situation where he's he relinquishes you know the himself to the fact that okay the watch doesn't work right i'm stuck i i uh, you know whatever but i don't think our and i that's very telling that i say our warshak wouldn't he wouldn't put up with it he would just get a watch from someone else like like beat somebody down and take their watch but um and, and we didn't set is... it up adequately i don't think the um the 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 framework of this thing is that Vitz magnum opus 
his um, attempts to unite humanity under the common threat of the alien menace didn't go over as planned. Right. Um, it's it's realized that it was a ruse. It was a lie. Um, and uh, people are pissed off. They they think he's a liar and a criminal, uh, the most wanted man in the world. The um, the doomsday clock has not stopped. It did for a period when when Veet did his thing, but now the the uh, the wormy underbelly of this rotted thing is revealed, and and people seg into their their you know the way the world works, uh, man against man. Brother against brother, the the uh, the launch codes have been activated. People are fighting. People are getting assassinated. It's not a pleasant place in which to live. This world, um, there, there's a lot of strife, a lot of political unrest, and um, like the original Watchmen was, which was written during the Reagan era, right? Yep. This um, mirrors some of the. Uh, concerns of the uh, and I, God, I even hate to say this. The current administration. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I I don't want to put that name on it because no, it just no. makes me feel bad. Uh, it, it puts me in a in a some kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. the, the current administration. So, in in that respect, yeah, it does. Th- this beast does walk and talk a little bit like. The, the the animal uh, from which it's modeled but um so things are not good it's very dire and uh Rorschach thinks that or he believes that this um marionette and mime could help him to locate the one person that he believes to be crucial in setting things right and that's Dr. Manhattan and uh, as David said, Rorschach is working with, never for, the man who instigated all the change in mm. the original 12-issue uh, maxi-series, Mr. Veet, Ozymandias. He's not. You know, it's, it's, and this is, um, this is one of those Magneto submariner <laughs> daredevil <laughs> kind of things i used to, when i when i first read watchmen and i wasn't aware of of ozymandias um i i in my mind as i'm reading it it was ozymandias and it and it's still it, it's very hard for me to shake it even though you know i've heard it said um through the movies and everywhere else but it, it's still one of those things where i see it and I see Ozymandias, and I'm like, but that's not it. And I, well, gotta, I, I, I have to. I think it's tomato, tomato. We still get the I, the, the gist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? But it's, it's still one of those things where you know, if you said it out loud, someone's going to look at you and be like, the fuck. So whatever. Um, We're too the, old uh, to care. <laughs> say again. We're too old to care. That's you're right. We're really I, not. I'm, Who cares? Uh, there is a um, there is another reveal. That um, Mr. Beat, I, I guess, I guess this is his guilty conscience. This is uh, the buyer's remorse. He, um, he, uh, 
aside from being an asshole. He could be. Well, his intentions were good, though. His intentions he were said, good. Because he's, he's in the middle of... All right, when, when, when they show up and, and be introduces himself to everybody, to, to, to our happy couple. Uh, and there, you know, this is another thing where I, I applaud Frank's use of just subtlety. When, when she confronts Vete and, and is basically ready to, to, to haul his ass to the authorities because they'll get a hefty reward. Mm-hmm. The mime tosses a screwdriver in the air. Her back is to him as she's walking up to Veet, and she reaches out in the next panel mm-hmm. to catch it, and then shoves it under his nose. Right. So it's 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 I it, that that's that you know it's, it's like they through. are of one mind it, exactly. Yeah. And and it wasn't it, you don't see you don't see motion lines. It wasn't connecting one panel to the next because they're on different they're they're on they're on the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't even think of the word. They're on it's it's they're on the next line, so it's not like it's it's it was just one of those things where she's talking and you could probably just read the word balloons and, and see her face without paying any other attention to what's going on. But while that's happening, and, and Rorschach looks at him bec- looks at the mind because he saw him toss the screwdriver, but it was it and and I think Rorschach's probably like the reader in that regard where it's like, okay, well that was impressive. And, uh, she's, she's threatening V and, and, um, he, he says, listen, you know, I, I, um, while he's, he, he's talking to her, he's also paying Rorschach a compliment, which, um, which Rorschach is, ain't got no time for that. Um, and he says, and 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 Pete's like, oh, I I didn't mean to upset you. And Rorschach just says, I'm not upset, <laughs> not yet. And when he says it, my boy's cat. That's a lynx. His is yes, his, <laughs> his new lynx. His 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 because his. We already know what happened to the old one. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, the because he he's holding. His pet, and 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 while he's having a conversation with everybody, uh, but as soon as Rorschach says that, you know the tone changed, and and regardless of what you may hear through the mask, it was very, um, it, it, you got the gist, and and so the lynx reacts, jumps out of Veet's arms, and and he's let let's start over here. And yeah, but look at Ozymandias's when, arm; he's clutching. Rorschach's jacket. Yeah, he and, he, and he looks he, down. He's like, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not upset. And the Lynx yeah. is like, oh fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even. I don't. I don't. I just. I know this but, is bad news. So, but that's the thing. What is this guy capable of? That I mean, when he entered, uh, yes, the 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 lore and the mythology of Rorschach is is legend at this point. He he enters the prison, and. Like even hardened criminals are like, no, 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 no. uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm done. I'm, I'll see you. It's Rorschach. I'm just gonna go back and sit in my cell. So like he doesn't even have to raise a finger. What is this guy capable of that he can make V, who is pretty formidable on his own, right? Yeah. Take okay, 
All right, I'm sorry. I jumped over the line a little bit. I'm just going to step back, and then we'll start again. Like, I think it one of one of the most anticipatory things for me is to see what Rorschach's potential is. Like, why do they consider this guy such a badass? This is not the same character that we know. This is a black man. This is a man who God knows how he got in this in the in the Rorschach guys what what brought him to this that's something i want to know but i also like this is a payoff that john's better deliver on because if you make ozymandias pause and all these cra- like there's there needs to be something super formidable about this character you just can't say like uh-oh it's Rorschach. like that only goes so far it's like right. Wolverine. I'm the best there is at what I do. Or Batman, you, you, you yeah. be, right. You better show him being the best he is at what he does, or being the master detective. You, we need to see that. I, I need to see Rorschach. I, I think we will. I, I know we will, because Johns is is uh, so accomplished that he knows. You put that gun in the first issue. You better see it go off somewhere before the issue twelve. Right. Um, now. Uh, the 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 nine panel grid is not an easy format in which to work. It it's just not. It it no, it's, it's, it's very demanding. You have a, a vertical composition that does not lend itself well to a vast expanse of information. It's very tight. Uh, it's it's very intimate. I think Gary Frank milked it for all it was worth. Um, especially, I'm going to call it the Smallville page, but it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the 12 panel grid where mm-hmm. Clark is in the, the, the truck with Mon Pa Kent and he's going to the, the dance and he's not comfortable in the, in the, in the suit and Ma's like, you know, come on, buddy, you look handsome. Get in there. Go, go see Lana. And, and he goes into the dance and he sees Lana and and Lana's dancing with someone else, he, almost kissing someone else. Well, he's no. I think he, they they were just he was feeling it. He was just making those duck lips. The um, that's the thing. And and yes, well, okay. So before before the Smallville page, before we change locations, um, when we find out that that Veed has cancer and he's trying to to make amends, uh. I wonder what kind of cancer. Hmm. Well, you know, I, who else? He keeps grabbing his we... head, though. I bet she has a brain tumor. Well, it's spreading. It wouldn't surprise me because it, 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 he did, and, and it hurt. And and um, and the thing is, it's um, didn't didn't Doctor Manhattan's wife mm-hmm. have cancer? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I I I wonder if most of the the, the our, our 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 heroes um, may have succumbed to a disease thanks to uh, thanks to their <laughs> companion. But that one uh, panel, what's wrong with him? He's an asshole. He's an asshole. That's <laughs> it. And, 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 yes, and I also have kids. But yes, and and, and you know, Rorschach did, did zero fucks. He's like, this is no. I'm he just, does not care. He doesn't he, care at all. <laughs> uh, so so. Basically, and and Veed only wanted 
the marionette, but he had a feeling that she would also bring her husband, uh, yeah. regardless of, of Rorschach's um, uh, hesitation. And, and, and he, um, the, he tells him the job, which is to, um, they, they, they need to find Dr. Manhattan. And that's the end of the, the watchman portion of the issue, because then we're, um, we're in Metropolis where we see a, a, a sleeping Clark Kent, uh, next to Lois Lane, where Clark is having a dream, which turns into a nightmare, but he's having a dream. Um, and, you know, I, I love Gary Frank for doing this because he, he did it pre new 52. Uh, it's not as severe here, obviously because Clark is younger when he's in Smallville, but also when on the few pages we see with Clark, but I, I, I love the fact that Gary Frank draws Superman and Clark Kent to look like Christopher Reeve. Um, yep. And, and so Clark shows up, goes to the dance. Um, she says, you know, go, go see Lana. And, and, uh, but she went, Pete took Lana. Um, I'm sure she's saving you a dance. And, and I guess, um, he was hoping to maybe, like Ma said, if she's saving you a dance and he was going to walk in and, and maybe ask her for a dance, but she's in a gay old mood and, and, and dancing with Pete. And, um, he don't look too happy, but then we cut to Ma and Pa driving back to the farm after dropping Clark off. And then something that I never saw happen before happens, which then wakes Clark up, who is actually floating above the bed. Um, and But you don't really get a sense that he is. I don't think that the the distance between Lois and Clark was pushed no, to the, it was to the limit it that it should have been. No, no, definitely not because we're we just we we see a close up of his face, and then and then her 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 hand reaching up to him, but it, you can't even really. It would look like it, it it looks like he's he's on his pillow, and then right. Well, that's the problem with the with the horizontal with the vertical composition. It's tough to do that. Plus the bird's eye view. Right. It's, it's, he did he did it as as well as he could within the confines of that panel, like to to show. Clark floating and Lois down below. Yeah, maybe in the third panel on the top, he could have made Lois a little smaller right. just just to get a distance between the two. But it's a very demanding format. It really is. It is. I think he did a and good job with it. But on the previous page, the you, you if you are working within a nine-panel grid... Um, and and I, I can't say that Frank did this through the whole issue. If you're going to break character, let's say, and, and, and use a panel that's larger than those in the nine-panel grid, it better be of massive importance. On the page mm-hmm. where the truck crashes, that's fine. You, you take all those three panels and show... Um, a wide horizontal of that truck crashing that is a big beat but when when Rorschach and Marionette and the mime 
are are walking, and they're going. Um, it, it was the whole the whole scene with the left or the right tunnel. Yeah, like the top panel. I think that's totally wasted. That that he used three panels to do that, where he could have. He uh, he used one panel to do that where he could have used three. I just think it's not a big enough beat to use to break character and go into the a wider panel. You know what I mean? I don't think that was Frank. I think that was Johns. Well, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. But um, I, I always tell my kids, and I hate to call them kids because that's what teachers <laughs> call their kids. It's true. Um, the bigger the panel, the the more import it has yeah. in terms of the yeah. narrative. If if you're going to show someone picking up a phone, you're not going to use a wide horizontal to do it. You're going to do something that's very compact and, you know, to the point where, I mean, Frank pretty much follows that rule for this entire issue with one or two exceptions. Like the Golden Gate Bridge, or the, the bridge. Mm-hmm. The, I'm pretty yeah. sure the... Uh... The the Manhattan the but, yeah you know I, mean, I don't think it's the Brooklyn Bridge but yeah the Brooklyn Bridge uh, I just, I don't know I'd say Golden Gate that I think was unnecessary it's just too long it, it's too it, it it's a it's a distracting vertical when you have all these small little verticals. well you had everybody leaving the city evacuating and then just this one lone car which is theirs driving into the city um, yeah. Uh, and then it got, it, and then we got to offset that by two rows of of six panels where you see them pulling off into the alley and then going down a manhole. Right, but look how good he, how well he does that. Like the 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 panel that says this is a mandatory evacuation. Yep. There's a lot of detail in that panel, yeah, and there's yeah. not a whole lot of room in which to to pull off that detail. But he does it. I just I, I don't I don't know. Like the it, it's nitpicky. But the 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 panel on the page before, where the the punchline, where Rorschach says perfectly, "All right, I'll give him two panels for that," because it was a it was a punchline, more or less. It was a big beat. You can have that, but some of I mean some of it doesn't really play by the rules. The 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 panel that V walks into the 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 light, so to say, mm-hmm. yes. Take four panels. That mm-hmm. needs it, you know. But the pa- on the preceding page where they're walking in, and um, Marionette says, "No way, you don't need two panels for that." Well, I think it's, that was also the show. It, it's kind of the that could have been two panels, panels, but it makes it 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 gives the sense that they're walking into a bigger room. Right. I I get that. Yeah. But so I'm, you know, I I'm still not committed to that one, but the Veet one definitely. Um, it, it's just that if you are going to work within a certain time signature, like if you know, if you're going to constantly produce your work in a four four beat, and you discard that four four beat for like say something faster, it better be worthy of of that different times change where i don't think a lot of the panels in this first issue are worthy of 
the change in 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 speed let's just say mm -hmm. but that's okay i mean you know it's it, it's it may be just another instance where the creative team says yeah we're just going to break out of this nine panel grid on occasion just because i, I don't know if that's good enough reason but it, it's a reason you know uh, the uh the the light shining into Lois and Clark's apartment. I don't think that needed two panels. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, there is. I, no, I don't I, find I, a fault in it. But but if you're going to break character, there better be a damn good reason for you doing it. And I don't think that's a good reason. Just showing light coming into an apartment. I mean, I guess the other way would just be to to, to cut it up into two panels. And yeah, still just I would have, rather see that panel exactly. And nothing's happening. It's just light coming into a room. Right, right. I would rather see that. Uh, I probably would too. Um, but but the thing is, is that breaking Scott McCloud's rules because now you have a gutter and 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 that's supposed to denote a passage of time and and you're supposed to take a pause. It's not. Whereas with that, the, right. But we don't panel, know if the light coming in. If we don't know if the light coming in the panel on the left is the same as the light coming right. in through the panel on the right. It could denote a passage of time. It could right. be an hour between the two. We don't know. But that's okay. The Every panel transition denotes a passage of time. If it doesn't, yes. it's not working right. And, and the top panel, when they're walking through the sewer, that could have been three panels with, their whole, with, with each of them saying... With with her and Rorschach having their conversation, and it still would have. I think that would have been a better passage of time. It than just would have been a more elegant way of panel. right. It would have been a more elegant way of presenting it. Where if we just had Marionette and Mime in the first panel with the two dialogue balloons, nothing in the middle with just no trailing off mm -hmm. outside yep. of the panel and then Rorschach in yeah. the third. That would have been a really nice way to do it. That would have been cool. That would yeah. have been cool. Yeah. Um, but you know on what? On that I, same page, though. I don't want to pick apart Gary Frank's or, or, or John's panel transitions. Yeah, everything could be better. You know, we could find more creative solutions oh, to sure. everything. But, yeah, but this was produced on a, on, a, on, a, on a time frame. They had to get this out. I think under the constraints... That they worked under, and I don't think there was a gun to Gary Frank's head, but I'm just saying, this issue looks magnificent. Well, considering how long, yes, it does, it absolutely looks magnificent, and, and considering how long ago DC Universe Rebirth came out, I'm pretty sure, and I don't think Gary Frank's been doing a whole lot between then and this issue. This is probably, I don't know how many issues ahead he is, but I, I'm, yes, there was a time frame, and, and, and. They have to get this done, but I think he had quite a bit of lead time. Yeah, one panel I, I, I find very curious, and I think it's brilliant, and I'm, I'm hoping that it was done intentionally, was when they're underground and they go through the tunnel and they see the door, and it says danger, flood door. Mm -hmm. That's one panel. Yes. But it's really two. If you yes. look, if you look, if you look at the, where the where the, the doors the meet, that's exactly yeah. the same. It's it's on a same a vertical line as the it panel is. transition below it. So yeah. it's one panel, but it's really two. And the way that that the danger is broken up, that it's Dan on one side, Jura on the other. That's a brilliant panel. 
I, I'm, I'm really hoping I that like was int intentional. I'm sure it was. Yeah. No, it's all in all, I thought this issue was phenomenal. I, I, there it, was, are, it was far better than I ever hoped it would be. Same. Same. Absolutely. Uh, two panels that I get a kick out of, aside from the ones we mentioned earlier, the um, Rorschach telling the mime not to point imaginary guns at him. <laughs> but <laughs> but when, when they show up at, at Night Owl's lair, uh, she... Marionette is at the foot of the steps looking up at Night Owl's costume. And then the next panel, I love that Frank did this. It's like when she was looking up because she had her she, she had her finger up to her lip and or, or, or to her teeth doing that whole sultry thing. But she's at the foot of the steps. The next panel, she has her hand on the rail and then kind of just like leaning back with her yep. arm behind her and, yep. and i absolutely love that that's one of my favorite panels in the whole book oh my god that body language is perfect yep yep yes. you nailed it yep i love that panel and i i also love the fact that the creative team considered what was going on in that panel so important that they didn't stop that transition from happening even though the major reveal happens in that panel yeah not not the next one veet is talking in that panel yeah we get the reveal off panel it's it's even like an afterthought no he's not that's veet <laughs> talking yep. and then yep. the next page obviously is the big you know look at me i'm back bitches no, I think yeah, this is this was let's be honest. The 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 Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons shoes are massively difficult to fill. It's mm -hmm. just no one has ever done it. No one will ever do it. But I think Johns and um Frank and Anderson have done pretty much as well as they possibly could have. I think it's safe to say, yeah, 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 yeah. The um, the I, I it's not it's not a disappointment in any stretch. No, no, I um, I will be reading the next issue, no, no doubt. Um, there were there were a couple things in the back matter, um, which mostly contain newspaper clippings, but um, that kind of play into what happened earlier in the issue. Because mm -hmm. Rorschach asked, "Why, why doesn't he talk?" If, um, if, um, uh, did he say, "Dad"? He, um, he asked if, uh, blah, 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 blah. he, shoot, um. Uh, da, 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 da. He, he he said he wanted to know basically who um who took mime's tongue and she says you know he, he did it himself but there's a um there's an ad in the back with the newspaper clippings for um dad's combination plier 
six tools in one. And there's also an ad for Schrodinger's clock and watch repair. Yes. And I mean, as well as Morning Joe's, which is where Rorschach was trying to get get breakfast, and that was a and and that gave and that was something that 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 early internal monologue could have. I think it was very easy to think that that was the Rorschach we all know and love. Right. It was in the same voice. It was. Yeah. So, yeah. but big picture. The before Watchmen stuff, there, there was very little. I, I shouldn't say very little. There, there was a medium amount of risk with that. I mean, obviously, it ticked a lot of people, a lot of purists off that they were going back to the Watchmen well. But prequels are more easily ignored. Than sequels, I think the Doomsday Clock it, uh, creatively is more dangerous a proposition than before Watchmen, where the the prequels dealt in information that we pretty much already knew. We by the time Watchmen happened, we knew where these characters were and who they were, and and you know um, their their capabilities and, and things that led them to this time and that was just fleshed out a little bit more in mm. in before watchmen now this doomsday clock is a bona fide sequel to watchmen and i think the dangers the creative dangers are much more dire this time around than they were with before watchmen so it remains to be seen how the fandom is going to accept this thing where before Watchmen, we didn't have the Trinity shoehorned into the Watchmen universe. Mm-hmm. Now, with Doomsday Clock, that's becoming a reality. I mean, it's right on the cover, right? So, well, depending on the cover you have, but yeah, and there's yeah, there's, well, yeah. there's the um, and there is the Superman cover one. Yeah, but but now this is the, the DC is saying no holds barred. This is in DC continuity. Right now, look at this. Is it though? Because yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, I think and, so. And I say, I say, I don't know because how did that's not how, as far as I know, and and please tell me if 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 I'm wrong. That's not how I remember the Kents dying. No. No, no, you're right. Which, that was the big question mark in this issue. Like, when that truck hit the tree, I was like, did I miss a couple issues somewhere? That's a pretty severe accident. And then Clark's like, oh, you know, I just never lived with my parents. I was like, wait, what? Who did? Yeah, right. The last time time Jeff Johns wrote Superman that I remember, Dad died of a heart attack. Right. Right, right. Which means this could be one of the multiple Earths. I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. But what I'm saying is, you have the the fact that there is a Superman in this story means that we are now anchoring it to. Yes. Well, you know and love. Right. Um, And the fact that Doc Manhattan 
has been blamed for all of the New 52. That was just Doc Manhattan fucking with the DC Universe, which I think is a brilliant way to explain uh, away a bunch of stuff that nobody read. <laughs> it really, in essence, right? You know, there there were books that people glommed onto, like um, Batman, of course, and other things. But by and large, New Fifty Two, after the initial salvo, largely went ignored. And and we're just going to blame it on Doc Manhattan. That's that's pretty smart. Mm. It kills two birds with one stone. It exploits a property they should have been tapping for years, and it fixes it puts a a, a creative band aid on something that they would rather have uh, that they would rather leave to history and not you know let's not get into that. I don't know. I, I think it works for me. Uh, it, yes, it's. Yeah. Um, but I'm not yeah, hard I, to please when it comes to DC. You what? I'm not hard to please when it comes to DC. It's true. I'm it's not. True. I like the uh, this issue was dedicated to Len Wayne. Yeah, that was kind of sad. Um, I don't and, think it should have been on a black background. I should have. It should have been on something a little bit more celebratory like black is sorrowful and mournful and ah what's the word funereal like it's just doom and gloom i think it should have been on uh, maybe a, a blue background like you know okay. thanks len thanks for all everything you've done but whatever i still that and 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 they show um there's some some upcoming covers and I still kind of it's 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 a cool image, but I, it just it it um, makes me chuckle that uh, Batman's going to sit in his cave, sipping his coffee, wearing his cowl and his gloves while he's reading a journal. <laughs> and, <laughs> How about the Joker cover? Do you the, the Joker actually kind of sick, man? Do you actually think that's the Joker? I think well, that like, may I don't I I don't know. I think that may be that's the mime. Batman, watch out. Uh, we'd have to see the color of the hair. Well, even if I mean, he could die. It's, yeah. He could color. It. Yes, yes. Um, but everything's up in the air now. I, I mean, don't know. The face is—it it looks too skinny to be the mime. The mime's kind of—I don't know. We'll see. But regardless, uh, I think it's safe to say we're we're optimistic so far. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think all three of us are. I, I think uh, based on Jason's note, I think I. He's not. He's not the type to to write this off after one issue, um, right? Especially after he hears Dutch Guster Batter, he'll yeah want to you know see what he missed. But um, especially hear us talk an hour and a half about this. Holy crap! <laughs> yes, and and, yeah. and and we and and we didn't. You know, Superman was mentioned, but it wasn't the Burn Superman. But the uh, this is um, the Burn Superman, though. Come on. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm, I, I agree. I, I like the um, the essential graphic novels checklist and at the end, and there was um, there's a bunch of Justice Leaguers and some blonde haired dude in an orange shirt who doesn't look like any Aquaman in any movie that I'm about to see. That's not in mine. Just... Oh, well, that's I. No, I oh, I didn't go to a comic shop. I think at the uh, oh, I think okay. at the digital. I don't think this is a Tyvek cover. 
but I was I was looking at the cover. Yep. And the way the light hits it, it makes a vertical highlight on the issue. And as you bend the cover, the highlight trails across the front of the issue. I was actually mesmerized for a bit. Like I lost myself in this cover. That's cool. I was just bending it and shit and watching the highlight just travel across the cover. I'm 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 easily distracted by bright shiny things and <laughs> I am, I'll be honest. Uh I th- I thought this Gibbons lenticular cover this is just pretty amazing. Because it 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 harkens to the time when Rorschach's face the pattern did change. And it's, it's you know, let's say current technology where I can actually move a piece of paper and get a different image. It It's amazing to me. It's a melding of two different worlds, mm-hmm. so to speak. But, um, all right, enough about this. We, we are in agreement. Uh, Doomsday Clock number one was a very fine start. And, and we're all, I don't want to put words in my friend's mouths. But we're we're pretty stoked um, from the get-go. And we're, we'll be following it. So you just stay tuned. We'll talk more about it. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, guys. This is Daniel White. And I just wanted to congratulate you guys on 508 episodes. I mean, that's amazing. You know, I mean, because like 500 is a lot, but... Whatever, that's like not a big deal. But you did the 500 and then you did eight more. That is something to be applauded and cherished because that's what I do with every single one of those shows is like, it's a moment, you know? I don't know about anybody else, but when a new one comes out, I save it for the time when I'm just going to be at my desk drawing and listening to you guys. You know, other shows, other podcasts I'll listen to on the go and on the subway and in the train and all that business. But when I see a new EOC pop up, it's something to be waited for, for the moment where I can give it my full attention. And I mean, that's maybe the best compliment I could give you guys, because there's so many compliments to give. That's the problem. And that's, I think, what took me so long to to send something like this because it's like what do i what do i say that like i I can't either you know just say to you guys already or haven't said already but maybe that's it i mean when each show comes up it's it's a special moment and it sounds like it is with you guys too when you record you know maybe that's maybe i'm just feeding off of that energy you know it's not just Hey, this is the rundown, or this is the thing, or this is whatevs. You know, it's it's a t- moment for friends to get together and talk and for us to listen. And I really appreciate it uh, so much. So uh, I love you guys, and I just hope everything's okay. And 508 episodes, I mean, holy fuck, geez, you know, that's amazing. Do 508 more, and then that'll give you... Eight plus eight is what sixteen. I'm oh fourteen. Oh, I'm not good at math. I like to draw. I don't do stuff like that. Fuck it. Keep going. Never stop. And just. Uh, I hope you guys are well.
Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. We have we have more to talk about. What you got? What do I have? You really want to hear me talk now? I was hoping you'd talk, but I, I, I'm not saying I did the heavy lifting, but I, I, I you had me take it away at the all start. Right, so. All right, I, I have um for this episode, I have nothing but image. Well, from I, this point forward, uh, yeah, I've read nothing that is not published by Image. Um, first off, I want to talk about a book that took me completely by surprise, and okay. I am I am stoked and very pleased that I jumped on the bandwagon and ordered it in single issues from the start. That's a it's a gamble with Image books. Uh, because, uh, for those of you who do not pre-order your books, you don't get to see the first issue until after the third has been solicited. So you've already paid for three before you see issue one. So there's a bit of a gamble when, when jumping in on the ground floor on single issues. And I did jump in on a book written. This is the creative team on this book. I find mind-boggling. Um, it's written by James Asmus, Joe Keating, Christopher Sabella, and Joshua Williamson. Four different writers, yes. each of which is in charge of a different narrative in the book. Uh, there, there are three different narratives and a grand overarching narrative. So, I, I mean, you could tell that the the California one is done by a certain individual, but I don't know who's writing each string that is trailing through this narrative. But um, all of it is illustrated by Joe Infernari and color art by Jordan Boyd. The book in question is called Evolution, and I have read the first issue. And I think David has read it as well. I have read it as well. Awesome. Um, I have put not only the cover of the issue in the image gallery on 11oclockcomics.com, if you go to the the post that uh, details the specifics of episode 508, you will see a gallery. And within that gallery, you not only see the cover for evolution, you also see uh, a text page. And why did I put that in there? Because the graphic design of this first issue is dripping with 80s goodness. I had to put it in. The color, just the way they, 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 they laid out the typography, it looks like, to my eyes, the um, packaging for a really bad videotape. And I love it because of that. Um, but I w- as I was reading this thing, I thought, man, this issue is crawling with David Cronenberg. I love oh, David. Yeah. I love David, Cron- David Cronenberg. Um, the, that straight up body horror that um, he's so famous for. But as, as I was reading it again, 
um, yeah, I went through it twice because it's dense. I thought of Organ, a movie by uh, K. Fujiwara. It's a Japanese horror movie. It's, um, again, the Japanese are very much um, enraptured by body horror. Uh, do your homework. You'll find out. Um, so with the text pieces that are in the back of this book, a lot of the, the creative team jump in and say, hey, how you doing? This is who I am. Um, my suspicions were confirmed when uh, Joe Infernari said, yeah, he dropped the Cronenberg name more than once. Mm-hmm. He's yep. a Canadian. Cronenberg's Canadian. He's like, yeah, I love David Cronenberg. That's where I was coming from on this issue. Uh, this is an inspiration to me. So on multiple instances, he, he dropped that Cronenberg name. So I just I just felt comfortable that, okay, I'm home. Th- this is my, my safe spot. And I know Cronenberg shouldn't be a safe spot for most people, but for me it is. Um, there's a name that is uttered in this issue. Um, it's called Progressus. That's how you would pronounce it, David? Progressus? Um, I, I actually looked it up. Uh, yeah, I looked it up too. Yeah, per- Progressus. Yeah, yeah. And and what is that the Latin for? Um, Do you know? Pro, yes, um, progenitor. It's um, yeah, because I, I I started to crap. I didn't write it down in this. I book. got it. I got it. The, it is the Latin for gone ahead. Yes, yes, which is yeah for evolution. Yes, and that and and conceptually, it's very important because evolution. All of the narratives that trail through this thing um, detail a quantum leap in human evolution, genetics, uh, conforming or adapting to one's surroundings. And in, in, in all of the narratives, it's a major leap. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, the thing begins with a doomsday cult. There's a ritual going on. Um, you have your acolytes there and, and they, they wear these odd handcrafted, um, hastily stapled and glued and taped and sewn together cube headgear, like they're cubes, right? Um, they have them on on their heads and, and we're peering through this curtain and, and we're seeing a large room probably a theater, maybe an auditorium of some kind, and and it's filled with these cube-headed cultists. And and in the center of the room, arms outstretched, as if she's waiting to embrace this infernal blessing, you get this naked, hooded woman. Uh, And in the foreground, there's uh, a snidely whiplash-type character. Uh Uh-huh. And and he has a mask, but but it's an organic mask. It looks like an organic organic mask anyway. Uh, this living thing, and he, and he places the mask on either his or the woman's face. We're not entirely sure. Um, 
and the end of the world begins. And just with that splash page leading into the issue, I thought, all right, you got me. <laughs> you, ha- you have got me in one page. Um, the, the graphic design, as I said, is straight 80s schlock. Um, but the issue at large focuses on three locations. And, and each of those is written by a different writer. You have Philadelphia. That starts it off. You got Dr. Abe Hurley, who steals drugs from a hospital pharmacy. And uh, he receives a very interesting patient. This young boy whose mother uh, claims has suddenly stopped suffering from symptoms related to asthma. Poof. He just got better. You know, he was wheezing and coughing and struggling, and now he's not. And uh, upon examining the boy, Hurley's kind of shocked. He even says, oh, shit, and he backs up. Like, why he's examining this kid with his mother? He kind of, like, lets out the shit, and the mother's like, what? What's going on? Um, he He's shocked to find that the child has grown gills on his sides. Mm-hmm. But it, but he, he plays it off a little bit, and he, uh, you can tell he knows what's going on. Uh, he's seen it before. In fact, he was let go from his previous job for apparently seeing things that weren't there. False variables, they called it. Um, yeah. But Hurley seems to be able to perceive a dark, mutated-like reality inhumanity that's just crawling beneath the surface like he sees body parts that are grotesquely mutated like he's walking or thinking or just just transitioning from place to place and he's looking around and he sees like someone's hand looks like it has like tendrils or tentacles or some kind of spiny shit coming off it and and it, it's it's a common thing with this guy. Like he just he seems to be able to tap into a reality that not many people can can pierce. Um, so he takes the sa- the samples. He takes a blood sample from the kid, a little cotton, cotton swab. Takes it back to his, his secret underground high tech home bat lab. <laughs> I don't know where he got the <laughs> money for this thing, but he he moves this this secret panel. In his house, and he goes goes downstairs, and there's a there's a forensic lab, a bat lab, um, and he and he takes the the sample there for analysis. So that's one thread going through this. Then there's another that takes place in Rome, and you, you have a, a sister Hannah, and she's called upon to uh, to calm a man in a church screaming in German. He's just rah, talking in Einschwein. I, I took a year of German um, in college. So I was able to understand some of this. And what I couldn't understand, I, I Googled. So if you have this issue, I have done the, the heavy lifting for you. And I have translated the German from, nice. the, from this issue. So um, even though Sister Hannah doesn't understand the language, she tries to help anyway. So this guy's in like a hospital gown and he and he has a, a heavily bandaged arm. He he rips off the bandages 
and he's got this horribly mutated, ah, like his arm is disgusting. There's there's this giant clawed fingers and, and weeping sacks of something, like undulating underneath this torn and exploded flesh, and he starts screaming in German. So So you don't have to translate it. I did it for you. He says, bring me a gun. Uh, please, dear God, I never asked for much, but I ask you to heal me. And and uh, he's talking to Sister Hannah. He's like, I'm sorry to bother you. I, I, you know, I didn't want to hurt them, but but can you help me? And he, he says, I thought when I left, I was able to escape this, but it was already inside me. And she's like, dude, you need to calm down. You, you're you're too too elevated. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna go get help. He's like, please don't go. People have to see this. There, uh, and he says, tell me, sister. You know why is that? There were others, but they were sinners. Why would God do this to me? I'm a devout man. I I I live by his book, uh, the Bible. Why would God do this to one of his faithful? He's like, I'm a good man. If God loves us, why did he leave us? And, he, and then this is the part that really applies to the entire issue. He says, if we were created in his image, why are we monsters? Why, why did we let the progressives take us? We're monsters. And the guy just... Pulls out a gun. Well, he had a gun. He shoots himself in the head. He kills himself. And and Sister Hannah, like Dr. Hurley, knows a little bit more than she's letting on. Because after all is said and done, she goes back to her little ramshackle room and she's looking in the mirror and we see Sister Hannah's back and she's got some mutation going on. So, do you see where this issue is going? Um, then it jumps to Los Angeles. And there's two young girls uh, by the name of Claire and Rochelle. Rochelle is just a friend. She's just there for support. But Claire, her parents ran a business. Um, a place called Cinetropolis. One that Will Pfeiffer and myself would probably have loved. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> they, they specialized in movies. Um, the kind one threads through a projector, not the kind one presses a button to watch. Um, so from what I gather, it was a memorabilia shop that like also sold actual reels of film when possible. Um, and some of the film was stolen from from theaters by disgruntled employees that just like try to make a quick buck by you know moving these reels of film um it seems claire's parents have passed and she's in the process of like rooting through all the stuff her parents have amassed over the course of their lives um she finds a film in a, in a big old pile of stuff and it has a label one uh, zero seven one one six seven five, and she's like, "Oh, I know this. I have a client that was looking for this. 
uh, one Dr. Hurwitz. So she calls him up. She says, hey, got your film. He's like, bring it over. So her and Rochelle attempt to return the film only to be greeted at her Hurwitz's door by a shotgun blast. And you have this fleeing person, again, heavily mutated person, stuff going on all over the body. Dr. Hurwitz, or Hurwitz, blasts this dude with a shotgun. It's like, what's going on here? I need to know. I, I was totally captivated by this issue. It felt like I was watching a David Cronenberg movie. That, yeah. to me, is an absolute tick in the, in the wind column. You got me. I thought um, the uh, visuals by Joe Infernari were great. Now, as I say that, and I hear your silence, I know that you are of a different mind than me. And I want to know why. No, no, no. I wouldn't. There are some some images that are that are fantastic, um, especially when our when when the sister reveals that things aren't what they mm-hmm. seem to be. Um, I like that panel. I like I like the look of the doctor's story um, or the scientist. The when they went to um, when they went to Hurwitz, that some of the are some of the sequences there um, slightly confusing because of the layout, because of the color, because of the the, the action, what was going on, um, and I do I really do like and and I think that gives you a, a clue as to who wrote who wrote what. Uh, but the color scheme for each story is different. There's there's a green right, right. overtone, or there's a, the, the, there's a reddish or a purple. So um, that I, I like that visual cue because when we go from the um, after we get the first few page after we get a couple of pages setting up each story, we then only get maybe one or two pages. Of each as they go back and forth, and and when um, I was slightly confused because when Hurwitz is saying it's been too long, as he slouched slouched back down in his in his chair, the next page we're back at the professor and he's narrating the story. There's a caption box, but I wasn't paying close enough attention, and I thought by Hurwitz saying it's been too long that he was recalling an earlier um an earlier scene it took me a second to realize that no the student the glasses is the doctor we met at the beginning of the right. comic okay uh, um so they were just they were subtle and 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 they work and so i think if i was paying better attention it's definitely something i would have picked up on um well that's the thing i read this this issue probably three times yeah i i i read it once because only because i there were other things i wanted to read for tonight um but I read it because you said you were reading it, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Um, it is totally up your alley. It, oh yeah. For me, 
for me, you know, I, I, I dig the setup and I'm curious to see, you know, how everybody's stories will, 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 will connect. Um, but as I was reading it, it's just, it, it, and it's, it's apparent. They say so in, in the back matter, but it just feels like I've, I've read, I've seen this story before and I'm not getting into the whole, I've seen it better. And it's just, it's just, I'm like, I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I, I respect their, their wanting to pay tribute to things they enjoy. And, and, and there's definitely an audience that this is made for. And I'm not saying I'm not, but when I think of other things that I've been reading, this, this doesn't, uh, stack up as highly compared to everything else. I mean, it, it, the, the talent on it is amazing. And, and, and there are, even though there are four writers, um, Asmus is not credited as a creator of, of, um, of evolution. It's actually Joe and the other three writers. And, um, you know, I, I like that since, you know, if, if, if they all work together or are close together, like, you know, men of action, then, then, um, I'm sure that makes things easy to work on, but I, um, well, that was one of the things they said that they, they all found themselves living in proximity to one another. So they mm -hmm. would actually get together, not, yep. not v via Skype or anything digital. They would actually meet and go over, you know, discuss this story that the, the round Robin aspect of it, where it's actually for people in proximity talking and working the story mm -hmm. out that is a major selling point for me i i mean i i love the old bullpen days i yeah. i i wish that happened more often and i i realize the way of the world that that's not you know mahmoud's not going to work in manhattan you know that there's right. this so right. it's it's and i'm glad i'm, I'm glad that someone like mahmoud who draws beautifully can still you know is just doing work and and doesn't have to commute into the city like Jack and, and, and John and everybody else used to do. Uh, I want to interrupt, I you, like, but I will. There, there, there's something when you have creative individuals in one room, there's, there's, there's mannerisms and facial features and just, yep. um, tells like if you're playing poker, you know, like if you float an idea over Skype and say, hey, let's do this. Text can only approximate so much of, of mm -hmm. the, the human vocabulary, meaning like like the physical and, and, and the, 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 the cerebral aspect of creating doesn't come across in alphanumeric characters. Where if you're sitting in a room and somebody says, hey, let's have Sister Hannah go back to her room and take off her you know her habit and she's got shit like on her back and you see somebody go <gasps> like right. christopher pat like that 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 gif that you guys always put out of christopher pratt looking at the the camera going <gasps> like that's the one i go to all the time like you can't get that through digital means or through right. through some kind of electronic correspondence all these guys in the same physical location that is going to produce to me, uh, very, very rich um, creativity and, and just um, a very immersive storyline, I, I think, um, 
but w when you're talking about anything about the human body, what's more terrifying? It, it, it's something that everyone can relate to. Like, how many times have you looked in the mirror and you're just like, my face swollen? What, what's going on here? Like, it looks like my cheek is swollen. You're touching it and you're feeling it. And like, you go back to your high school days. And it's like, I got a pimple? Like, what the freak? Like, it, it, it's, it's something that degrades the, the perfection of what you perceive your body to be. Have you ever had like a swollen arm or leg or just like an infection? It, it's, it's very disconcerting because it, it invades, it's an invasion of, of the overall sanctity of your body. This catapults that kind of thought like Cronenberg knew. Body horror is like the most visceral horror because everybody can relate to it. The Japanese know that too. Um, you know, you're pulling layers of flesh off your face. Like everybody can get that. Like that is a very disturbing incident. That's what this book is all about. I I'm like, I can relate to that because as a fan of the horror genre, that is a, 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 a sub set of the, of the horror genre is very prolific. Like there's a lot of body horror movies and, 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 and books and just works that just focus on things that invade or transform or take, take the human anatomy to a different level, whether being above or below desired like there's there's books that and movies that that elevate the human genome and 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 you know make the, the the body do things that are spectacular and amazing and and then there's some that just rip it apart and shred it and just that's the that's the one that i love the best because it's 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 disturbing but it again it's something that it, it's like a primal fear that we all have. Is is there something growing on my face? What you know? You know what I mean? It's it's just like it you and you can't do anything about it. It's just it's just biology. Something has permeated your physiology and made it took it from state A and moved it to state B, and you're just like. Fuck, I gotta bust this thing. I gotta cut it out. I have to go find a surgeon to get this thing, this invader out of me. That that is the, the thread that trails through all of evolution. I am so into this. As if you couldn't I, tell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. I like the um I wanna know more about the uh about the professor. Only because obviously um we know wife and child are gone. Yep. Um, this is uh, plus he's got a whole whole um, automated system that can read off his emails to him. The uh, <laughs> I I, I just, it's like a bat cave, right? He's got a bat cave. It's it's true. It's true. You know, it's a little, little, little hidden hole in the wall that 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 reveals a whole new lab and. Um, I mean, I'm curious to know about the whole Hurwitz. Hurwitz just just reminds me of um, like Van Helsing or something, where he's just you know he knows that his movies were like a documentary. I, I I'm curious to see where his story is going to go, 
but um but I I, I for me the um the the main character I want to know more about is the, is the scientist. Yeah. And they were very um smart to tailor the graphic design of this book. It's not exactly like what you saw in Stranger Things, but it's in the same wheelhouse as yeah. Stranger Things. Um you know, bad European um synth heavy scores um the 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 bright pastel colory kind of stuff that you know look at the intro of stranger things and then look at the design of the text pages for this issue with the the magenta lines that are going around like it's in the same wheelhouse so they're they're, they're super smart for doing it that way because stranger things is currently popular why wouldn't you do that right right um i think the cover is magnificent. Um, the 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 title graphics with the <laughs> the uh, the mutated E is brilliant. Yeah, uh, I I I just love everything about this book. The two dots over the eye. Yep, 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 yep. And like I said, I'm I'm happy that I actually was smart enough to get in on this on the ground floor or lucky. I don't want to say smart, lucky enough to get on this on the ground floor where I ordered the single issues because not only do you get an extra long introductory issue, you get very chunky back matter. I think the back matter will take you 10, 15 minutes to read alone. Yes. Yeah. So it's a value for three ninety nine. But if you don't like, if you don't like horror, then all of our words are, or for not. If you're if you're not a fan of the horror genre, I don't know, try it. Maybe you'll like it. Um but for horror fans, man, you're gonna groove on this. This is so good. It is good. Uh, yeah, at least, you know, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasantly uh. surprised. I was like, Wee another image book that I'm getting in floppies. Like, what is going on? Who even are you? I just, um, I went to the Books a Million the other day. I don't know if, mm-hmm. uh, listeners, if you have a Books a Million in your area, take note because um, one of my favorite novels of all time is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Big surprise, right? Um, Books a Million currently has one of the Penguin classics. Uh, it's a hardcover edition of Frankenstein. With an introduction by Guillermo del Tomo, del Tomo, sorry, uh, the cover price on this thing was like twenty four bucks. Books a Million has it for four ninety seven. It's a hardcover, spot varnish on the cover. Um, the they colored the ends of the paper black, so when you look at the book closed. All of the paper looks like it's black. It's not when you open it up, but the the they they dyed the the end of the the, the paper black. It's amazing. Four ninety seven for one of the greatest novels ever written. Wow. Yeah. So if you have a book a million, check it out. I don't know. Maybe yours is different than mine, but mine had it for that. They remaindered it. Twenty three dollars. Way too expensive for this book. 
Five bucks? Yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> For almost five dollars. Damn you, this wine. I blame Don't you. Blame me. I seriously I blame you. I knew it. Thought I I'd do. Come. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it looks like I've drank I've drunk more than half of this bottle. <laughs> what do you got? Um I got I read the next two issues of Kingsman the Red Diamond, numbers oh. two and three. After enjoying the first issue so much, after seeing the sequel, um, the uh, I mean, a little, little, little quick and dirty. It, it's just a, um, it's a lot of fun and 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 a little scary. There's a um, the the big bad is, is goes by the Red Diamond. He's a um, he is a um he he his claim to fame he um he amassed his fortune um basically uh he he's a self he's a miner he's a uh he 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 works his way up um made some gold strikes and uh diamonds jewels there's a um his there's he basically put he has jewels um diamonds rubies uh not not four teeth but overlaid on top of his teeth uh he he um he lost a leg in a um in a cave in and um messed up his face as well but he but he's the type of person who believes that um your worth is determined by your material possessions and uh if if you um if if you have money if you live digitally then um the fact that you can see and hold something uh means a lot more than than a bunch of um bits and bytes and pixels on a screen and and just because a computer says how much you are worth or how much you have um, doesn't doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot if his plan actually comes true as it does in the second issue where he basically um, turns off all the computers in the world mm. crashes them all and uh, it's it's done in New York City at the stock market and and uh, that stock exchange and they when when he when he sends in his list of demands he actually sent them on a betamax videotape <laughs> and, Be- because it's minister, better had to find at the find a recorder to actually play the damn uh demands in but the um Eggsy is still your hero of the story uh he um he is trying to um prevent he 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 needs to find the hacker alias and and he um alias is trying to stop uh 
red diamonds virus from actually uh take form and 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 wiping everything out so he's on his way to um to new york um there is a um there is a member of sas sass which is the south african secret service and her name is uh Kweto, and she is a tall um kind of in the in, in the misty night mold but she um she and Eggsy have a uh, have a quick little run in while they try to um prevent Elias from being killed by uh Red Diamond's henchmen. They fail and once the um once the death happens that's when the computers um all shut down and their um Eggsy has to get back home to England. Unfortunately, there are no, um, basically every, every, every aircraft since the mid eighties has computers. So, um, they had to like use an old school kind of, uh, camouflage stealth bomber kind of thing to get him home. He gets home and that's when, uh, he is sent undercover on a, um, to, he, he's, uh, he goes undercover as an Australian um, mining magnate, and he uh, Red Diamond has called the some of the richest people left in the country, in the world, uh, to his um, to his private getaway, uh, which is all a trap. And the third issue uh, has a pretty sweet cliffhanger, but it is. Um, even though the original series was written by um, Mark Miller, this is by Rob Williams and art is by Simon Fraser. And it is, uh, it's, it's witty. It's clever. I, 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 I chuckle at a lot of what's going on. Uh, the art is pretty. Um, there are some, some pages, some panels that, that, that are sharp and look great and, and really get the point across. And there are some others that uh, it's, whether it was a um uh due to uh, whether it's a factor of time or just uh things aren't as sharp in some other places but it's still it nothing detracts from the story nothing is is confusing it's just it's not it's not consistently uh sharp from one page to the next and and um but it doesn't like i said it 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 still moves things along you still get a, an idea of what's going on you're not you're not guessing for anything everything is laid out there uh there's just some it's very clean gonna, it, it is it is a very clean line it's that yeah. it, it's it's um it, it's clean and that uh a little bit more detailed than you would get like from say a steve dylan but it's still uh you can and, and the colors help as well i'm sorry the, the colors are by um uh, Gary Caldwell and uh, I think I think that this is a story that, that definitely benefits from colors this would not look um, as a uh, I think things would get a little lost a little muddy if uh, if it was a straight black and white story it's um, but I, I, I chuckled quite a bit I, I like the um, I think I like Eggsy more here in this 
second series than I did in the first Kingsman, The Secret Service. Um, only because I've seen the movie so many times before I read the first miniseries. And um, I enjoy the movie a lot. And the, the way it was presented and the character, the way he was introduced, um, if I had read that story first, I don't know if I would have ever bothered to watch the movie only because I don't think that's the kind of character I would want to watch for a couple hours. But um, the reverse happened. And I think this version in this series uh, is more reflective of, of the character in the movie and, and his attitude than um, he almost, he almost grew up a little too quickly the, in the character from the first book to this one. It doesn't really feel like it's the same character. And, and uh, cause the first book, he was just extremely immature. Um, it just, it, I didn't like Exy, and and here I do. So, um, I, I I like Williams handling the character. I, I think um, I could I could read more stories with this character uh, by this creative team. I, like there's a um, there's a scene where Exy goes out outside to hang out with his mates, and um, he's kind of he's changed. He he doesn't you know hang out on the street and smoke blunts with them anymore, and um, you know, he's worried about his mom and his, and his younger brother. And, and he's, uh, and he's responsible. He's, you know, he's not completely immature. He'll, he'll, he'll say things that remind you of his age and, and, um, where he's from. But for the most part, he still, he still enjoys being a secret agent. He still enjoys, um, he knows he has a job to do and, and that's where his responsibilities are. And he'll, um, but you know, if you can still impress a couple of couple of birds at the same time, you're still going to do it. But it's uh, it's I, I I enjoy it a lot. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to to enjoy uh, this miniseries as, as much as I have. I don't know if it's a six issue series or an eight or a five, but it's I, I thought the um, the cliffhanger at the third issue. I I, I want to know how they're going to get out of this. So I'm. Um, I'm digging it a lot. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm going to have to read this when it comes out in um, collected edition. I think you'll like it, and, and, and I don't think you'll need to read the first one to enjoy this one. I've never seen the movie, though. Oh, the movie is great. I've never seen the it. The movie is fantastic. Colin Firth is, is fantastic. Samuel L. Jackson is great. Uh, you know why I think you'll like it? Because Jayla is in it. Oh, really? Yes. She like, plays the henchman. Nice. I do like her. Yes. Her, her, her character's name is Gazelle, and it's because she, uh, she is a double amputee, and she has uh, what? basically sword blades for, for, uh, for feet for, for her, from her, um, her calves down. What? Her shins down. Yeah. You know, like, like the... Um, like like the South African uh, Olympian who had the uh, who's got the blades yeah. the running he well that's what she has except hers are also uh, sharp and can be used as weapons. Wow. Yeah, she, she's she's pretty kick ass. I'm gonna have to watch this. Is it on the Netflix? It is. 
It's on FX constantly right now. It might be on the Netflix. I don't know if I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Hmm. hmm. Well, I'm intrigued, and I'm going to have to seek this thing out because you make it sound so good. Mark Strong is great in it. It's it's it, it's it's funny. It's clever. It's it's a um. Yeah, no, I it, it's one of those movies where we will, and I, I even the music's pretty good. They um, there there's a uh, Freebird is is played during um a church scene, and you will absolutely get a huge kick out of the church scene because while they are all in church, uh, that's when the riot breaks out, and and nice. it is a it is a pretty hairy fight scene cool well if you've seen devil's rejects that movie pretty much i don't want to say ruined because i didn't like Freebird to begin with but devil's rejects is the best use of Freebird i've ever seen maybe maybe this will be better okay not a leonard skinner fan oh no no I I, okay. I think pretty much they are the dumbest band. That that <laughs> they are the rock solid stupid. Like they're really their rebuttal to Neil Young. Neil Young said, "Hey, Southern guys, you really need to look at yourself because you have a a legacy of brutality and hate and injustice to the black man. You really need to step back and see what you're doing wrong." And Leonard Skinner's reply to to Neil Young was, "Ah, we don't need you around anyway. Like, not that we're doing anything wrong, but fuck you, we don't need you." It, it's just Leonard Skinner was a dumb, a dumb band. Sorry to any Leonard Skinner fans out there, but they're stupid, they're dummies. But anyway, um, <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> Talk I like of, both of their songs, so it's. it's I I, but I see. I can't separate the stupid from the music. I really can't. But but yet we do it with with with. We do. Comic artists, we do. Know. We do it all the time. But if 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 someone's going to call you out and say you need to account for all of this brutality, and you say, eh, we don't need you around," that's just dumb. You're dumb. No, it is. It is dumb. But it it's well didn't um uh. It's it's kind of how I feel about Kurt Cobain because Neil Young implored he 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 said you have you have a baby you have every reason right there to live yeah sure and and Kurt's like yeah he's he's not high on my list of favorites either <laughs> so but I I uh, never understood the the mystique of of uh, Nirvana never got it. Best thing about Nirvana is Dave Grohl. The I uh, agree, my friend. I I agree. <laughs> Are you? Have you seen any of the episodes of um, Robert Kirkman's uh, no. history of uh, secret history of comic books? No, I know you and Jason were going on about uh, what the first two. The first, the first, no, the first episode. I didn't see the second one. The first episode. Um, was seemed to be pretty fair. It was it was the uh it was basically the early days of Marvel and it was mostly about Jack. Um they they, they played a, a phone interview, a radio interview where um 
Jack Kirby was being interviewed for his birthday, and they also brought Stan in, and Stan and Jack talked for a bit, and they had Jim Shooter talk about a meeting where he and uh, where Stan and Jack uh, met years, I think it was the 25th, the 25th anniversary of Marvel Party that, that, that Shooter was through, and um, Stan and Jack were there, and Stan um, shakes Jack's hands, says, you know, we, we should, uh, you know, he says, uh, you can get all the credit. I don't care who gets credit. I don't care who does what. I I don't care how it how it plays out. He's like, but I, I you know, we I want to do one more story with you. I want to, you know, we should do another story. And Roz was like, yeah, no. And she just like pulled Jack. But she, but but they they spoke to Danny Fingeroth. They spoke to uh, Evanier and and Evanier, you know, he. He was there to say, you know, Jack, Jack did it all. And, and finger off, which was really, it's like the first person who I've ever heard really say this. And, uh, but he goes, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, you wouldn't have Marvel comics without Stan. And, and it's not, it's, it's where normally you will. Hear, I hate to admit it. I have to agree with that. And that's and I think that that's where he was going was that you know you can yes everybody was a part of it but without without Stan without his personality without without him being there and and whether you know even but totally they agree. made a they made a point throughout the show to say you know how Stan was pretty much the face of Marvel with yeah the, and then they, they they did it they played a clip a short clip of Jack doing an interview on camera and. He doesn't have the presence. He can't carry himself on an on an interview. You know, everything was a lot of ums and 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 you know, because with Jack, it's like, listen, I drew this. It's on the page. This is what you want to know. It's right here, and and that's that, that's where. I mean, you we played. You put the clip at the beginning of every episode of Bullpen Bulletins. The guy did not exactly have a, a demanding voice and and presence that would you know make you stand up and take notice. And and stands the huckster. He's the showman. He's the yep. so. Uh, but the, the thing first about, episode was... Right. No, the thing about Stan, I was too young to know what was going on behind the scenes. I, I, I didn't read the zines. All I knew was Marvel Comics made me happy. They were they were something that I had to have more of. Um, and the guy that spoke to me through the Marvel Comics was Stan. I, w- I would read the bullpen bulletins page, and I'm like, this guy, I don't, I don't know who he is, but they, they call him Stan, Stan the man. He's talking to me. He's saying, hey, if you like this, you're gonna love all this other stuff because, golly, we, we, we really kicked ourselves in the butt to get this stuff done for you, and you're gonna love it. And like, Stan became the. You're right. Stan became the voice of Marvel. Jack never spoke. Jack spoke through pictures to me. Mm-hmm. I, I knew when I saw a Jack Kirby story that I was going to love it, that this is the guy that I identify with the most. Out of all these guys that are putting down pretty pictures, Jack Kirby was the one that spoke directly to me, but it was pictures. <laughs> but Stan was a character, right? Those bullpen bulletin pages, they were the ones that's, that really made me a Marvel fan. Right, and I and I hate it that that's the way it is. But I'd be lying if I said that Stan was not a crucial part. I don't think that Stan, if I didn't say that Stan was a cru- wasn't a crucial part of Marvel, I'd be lying. 
It just doesn't make right. sense. You needed him. You needed that guy. You weren't going to see the two-headed goat if the guy in front of the stand didn't get you to go in, is what I'm saying. Right? right. Stan was yep. the huckster. Stan was like, come on, you're never going to believe this. Get your ass behind this um, curtain and you're going to see things you never saw before. Stan was that guy. And, Jack- and the alternative was, you know, the the, the kind of um, stuffy or, or exactly stuffy. Stuffy. Yep. Stuffy. And- you got it. That's the word. Stuffy. And, and and the Marvel characters spoke to me, and they were for the and you know they were they were being talked about on college campuses, and and you know it's it's, um, and and you know he was they 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 mentioned Ditko, and uh, they they mentioned Jack going to um going to DC, but and and that's you know it brought up the new gods, and then that's that's where people that's where some of the creators were were saying that. Uh, you know, this is where you knew when Jack went to DC and you read some of those Fourth World, those New Gods books, that that's where you knew what Stan and Jack did together. And and Jack was not a writer. Jack's the, the dialogue, the stories you read in Fantastic Four, that was Stan putting the words in those characters' mouths. And and you didn't get that when Jack went to DC. So um yeah, the but, concepts great, but it's it's one of those things where. But if 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 I I get it, you know, if if holy crap, Jack Kirby's coming. But if you know, if you're used to Jack Kirby, then you might be used to his his drawing style. But if if you're used to certain stories being told with that artwork, um, that's and and you know, again, it, it was it was back in the day. It was uh, people weren't as. Um, Maybe in tune, but uh, the see. But it's a visual. It's a visual medium. Yes. Right. I I, I attribute more weight to the images than I do the words. So sure, you're right. Jack maybe didn't have all that strong of a of a hold on the dialogue, but if you have a an image of you know Mister Miracle jumping through fire. The dialogue is like, I don't know, secondary. It, but, I mean, yes. If 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 all you want is a Jack Kirby comic, even if he's only drawing it, then yes. Then then by all means, the writing can be secondary. But when the uh, when when you see what came even after the new gods and and he went to he, he had the stuff with with pacific or or even tops but there Stop. are there there i'm just saying it's it's you have it's he was older then too uh, there might so so you would think he 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 picked up some tricks but no uh, i it's, I, it's, I would think I he'd be like i done it all wait fuck it you know, I think you would just have expectations. It's just, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't fault anybody for, for expecting, um, at that time, expecting the second coming of the Fantastic Four, even though only half of the creative team right. 
came along. Um, as much as I'm episode- loath to admit it, you cannot extract Stan Lee from the Marvel equation without the whole thing completely crumbling. It can't be done. Right. Yeah. Um, the second the- episode... Second episode is about Wonder Woman. I haven't watched that one yet. But the third episode, which I watched last night from this week, is about Siegel and Schuster. Ooh, really? Yes. And it is it's it's entertaining and it's nothing we you or I wouldn't already know. Mm-hmm. Um but they speak with Neil Adams. They speak with <laughs> this was the best part of the episode and he's on camera a few times and everything. It's a beautiful thing, but our boy, your boy, Craig Yo. Really interviewed plenty of 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 scenes no and, and talking about yes, yes, it was fantastic and about the merchandising and how um how after they lost the first lawsuit against DC and they, they, they weren't able to do Superman, they went and tried to do something like called Funny Man, which was, you know, because the Danny Kaye movies were big at the time. And so it was, he was a character who was strong, but the jokes didn't land. It was funny. And, and so, so Craig got to talk about that for, for, for a little bit. Um, but it was, it was really good. And they talked, they, they, um, yeah, they, you know, the two kids from Cleveland and, um, how uh the um how how jerry um is a uh he's a messenger delivery uh, the, the delivery messenger for um and, and he was bringing uh bringing a package to dc one day and and leave it with some and um gave him money so you can get a coat because it's getting cold outside, even though, you know, you've got the big Superman logo on the wall. And uh, it's pretty much the, the house that Superman built. Um, but it was uh, part of it was not only because we know the story. Part of it was was pretty, pretty tough to watch, a little heartbreaking. But um, but it was it, it, it was it was a strong episode. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know. I think maybe the next one might be about image, the founders, but um, just judging by the commercial, but that could have been a, a mix of scenes for, for upcoming episodes, plural. So we'll see, but I, um, I'll probably watch the, the Wonder Woman episode this weekend, but no, it's, it's, it's not, and it's not like, it's not like Kirkman is narrating it. And it's not like Kirkman is, is on camera. I don't, aside oh from God. him being part of the walking dead, I don't, I, I, I don't, know why it's called Robert Kirkman's. I mean, maybe he brought it to AMC. I don't know. Um, for the most part, it's not so much a secret. It, it's just there are some neat little things that uh, the people they talk to, they talk with and the um, and the footage they show and how they try to package it, whether it's it's animated in some degree. The the, the Siegel and Schuster stuff, they, they just got a couple of actors to look like younger versions of them and, and they 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 just you know they they acted out the seats and it just it, so they could tell the story it was like a documentary like one of those shows on ID but um, <laughs> for a lot of the Marvel stuff from the first episode a lot of it was animated and you had like a a, a cartoon of Jack 
drawing the cover of like Avengers number four and things like that. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, I, it's hard for me to get to the television these days because um, Nina has monopolized the ha- with the Hallmark Channel. Really? Oh, because it's uh, that time of season. Yeah, she just loves those freaking Hallmark movies, and it's either it's either some romantic story with a grandson or a nephew of Santa or a niece or a granddaughter <laughs> of Santa. Like they're somehow related to Santa and they, you know, it's just ridiculous and love blossoms amid strife. Oh, we have to sell the farm. Well, Hey, let's get the elves to help us. It's so stupid. <laughs> I can't stand it, dude. She watches them all the time. But anyway, um, before we move on, um, uh, I want to talk about Maestro's number two. Do you? Yes, because it was awesome. It was really good. Written and illustrated by Steve Scrosi. That's how we're pronouncing it. With uh, color art by Dave Stewart. Um, The plot thickens. Uh, Will has, uh, unfortunately, through the murder of his father... And much of the royal family ascended to the throne of Maestro of the realms. And he uh, makes a point of going in and saying, that Dick was my daddy? You're not going to have that anymore. All of the tyranny and the subjugation and the oppression and all that nasty stuff that my dad did, that's not going to happen anymore. You guys are pretty much free. I'm going to institute a new deal. Where you know you're all equal, and the uh, the council's not liking it. They they had a uh, their salad days are over, so to speak, and um, Maestro William has a meet and greet with uh, the various ambassadors of all the places within the the realms, and uh, someone we get to meet this issue is Lord Seathrum Rigel, a man with which. Will has a past, and um, uh, we get a flashback, and Rigel catches Will in a, a magical ruse. He uh, got into the the really um, special and sequestered magical tomes and memorized them. Like all his friends think, "Wow, you know, this is a natural ability you have. You're amazing," but Will has done his homework it's pretty admirable like the kid steps up he he uh he goes and he searches out these um esoteric texts and he learns these spells just to wow all his friends um and rigel literally burns will to a cinder he just engulfs the kid in flames and uh he's in agony and uh mom's pissed off you know, how could you do this to my son? And and the maestro is, you know, this is a a part of, of learning. The kid deserved it. And I think he should have to <laughs> succumb to the, the conflagration. And, and you know, the, and Will's it just, he's just, he's a, 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 his body is just a festering mass of burned flesh. And um, one of Rigel's servants, Wren, beautiful young woman gives yes. gives um will a sedative 
And she's like, shh, don't, don't let on, but this will help you out. And, uh, so, um, he, he's in this state for a fortnight. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, we go back to the present, but much to, you know, Rigel's dismay, Will emancipates Ren. She's like, okay. He, he, he says to, to Rigel, he's like, all right, I'm the big, big boss now. You got to listen to me. She's no longer your slave. She's with me. She's, she's going to live here. And, and Rigel's like, he's pissed, but what can he do? Because, mm-hmm. you know, new boss, you got, you got to kowtow to the new boss. Um, but Rigel has an ace up his sleeve. Um, Will and Ren reunite and then make love and everything's great and they're kissing and sucking face and he shows her around the realm and this is all I'm doing. Uh, isn't this awesome? And then he takes her to uh, a room which encases um, a very rare, very formidable um, spell book and something happens mm-hmm. that totally changes our opinion of Ren. <laughs> and I think Scrosi kind of telegraphed it earlier in the issue where Rigel was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I, I have, I have, I have something going on that'll, you know, it'll be all right. Don't worry about all this bullshit. Cause the council was just like this guy, he comes in and he's, <laughs> yeah, they're, guy over here. yeah, they're, they're, they're the Nucci family. This guy, he comes in, he's trying to change shit. What's up with this? This is not good. You got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take this bitch out. But no, um, uh, he kind of mainlined it. Like, I knew it was coming, but I didn't want it to be true. But when it happened, I was like, oh, no. I don't See, know. See, now, I, I'm of the mind. Now, yes, the way it, it obviously, it, it could completely um, be as it appears. But... Um, maybe because I'm a fucking romantic. The the me too. The uh, I'm I'm a little worried because like she Ren asked while while they were at the uh, bazaar, are you thinking? Are you taking this seriously enough? And 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 I am hoping mm-hmm. that she is looking out for him. So by doing what she did at the end of the issue, she is just making sure he doesn't do the wrong thing. And, and I hope so. Because then I'm, I'm wondering why she would come to him and she said, you know what? I think that the council, especially Rigol is responsible for your parents' death. Like, why would she tell him that you have a worm in your apple and this is the worm, this is the guy, this is the guy that did it. That that Marduk that came in and just ripped your dad and your royal family apart, this is the guy he's working for. It's The guy has an eye patch. He has to be. Yeah. He has to be a villain. <laughs> The F. Murray Abraham of the movie. Right. And she comes, she she basically offers it up to him. She said, look, you're not paying attention. 
This is the dude. And Will's like, nah, he's a pussy. He's a, I, I can take care of him. But he can't. No. Right? I think Will is just too caught up in the moment. And he's not, he didn't survey his surroundings and say, hey, this is this is the problem. This is what we got going on. But I I really I mean I I have been a fan of Steve Scrosi, but this this is a quantum leap. This maestro yeah. stuff is just impeccable. It's breathtaking. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. really breathtaking. Like it, and it, and it it segs from from you just marvel at the grandeur of all the costumes and the settings that he creates and then it it'll segue into some brutal vicious just visceral shit where people are getting ripped apart like there's will has a a nightmare that marduk is just like eating his guts and it's it's just did it's, you it's horrible but, yes and you know what the worst the, the worst thing about that image is What's that? My man has someone's face as a loincloth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I don't know if that's the most disturbing thing about that image, but I oh, mean, because everything a... else is just. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm desensitized to it all. But the fact that because at first I'm like, oh, is he laying on someone? No, that's that's his arm. That's that's him. Yeah. That's his whole body. I'm like, no, that that face is just that that face is attached to the belt, <laughs> and my man's just using that as a yeah. <laughs> he so <laughs> when he pees does he pee out the mouth probably yeah i'm thinking he does it maybe makes it cry oh dude but he, he, <laughs> I, i'll put this image up on the, the the gallery because you need to see this if you if you haven't bought any of maestros yet this one image will probably convince you to do so because the the evil wizard marduk is is uh invading will's dreams and he's He's, it looks like he, well, it doesn't look like he did. He totally dismembered and eviscerated Will. Like his, his rib cages all cracked open. There are things that are eating Will, like vermin. They got his hand and his feet. Like there's just pieces of Will all over the place. And Marduk has his guts in his hand. And his face is just stained red with Will, Will's blood. It's a really powerful image. But it is. It's a beautiful image too. Like it's very elegantly constructed, but it's totally just it's bladder punk. It's just blood all over the place. Guts and organs and body parts and just strewn all over. It it shouldn't be a thing of beauty, but in the hands of Stuart and Scrosi, it really is. It's this this book is like it's 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 unlike anything I've seen from Image in a long, long time. If ever, right? I don't I don't know a precedent. I can't cite a precedent to this book. Hmm. Maybe not. I can't. I mean, I don't know if you can come up with one, but it's there's. I always we here at Eleven O'clock Comics, we like to trace books back to you know, precedents or antecedents or something that has happened before where we can say, yeah, you know, that's like this. Maestro's is like nothing. 
Saga gets pretty raw at times, but not like this. Yeah. Uh, Fiona Staples' line and her just her approach to to visualizing uh, the narrative is not like Scrosi's. His is so meticulous and so elegant and finely crafted, and it's just and and it's amazing because all that that beautiful line work will show somebody fucking on the sly like like the maestro yeah. and the mother just going at it when will didn't know what was going on just like so it's like lowbrow and highbrow at the same time it's this beautiful um commingling of 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 approaches that shouldn't work well together but it really does and i'm just i'm in awe of it I don't know. What else to, I don't know what else to say. It's an amazing book. It is totally. It, I'm hoping that it's catching on. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know any sales numbers. I don't really care, but uh, I don't. But for me, this Maestro's. When I see it, I have to read it. That's a, the biggest compliment I can give it. I, I have to ingest it. If it's there, I need to experience it. That needs it. That's some big doings. All right, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed this two-headed monster we brought to you this week. Dap and I, we, we love you so much. We, 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 we're glad that you're here. Um, if you would be so kind to yourself, not to us, do yourself a solid. Put more money in your pocket. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, because you're spending too much on your comic books. If you're not going there, you're spending too much. Um, from Chapter House Publishing, you can get the Phantoma Trade Paperback Volume 1, Up From the Deep, for $5.49, as well as the first issue of Season 2, for a dollar nine, you can also get Anthony De- Anthony Bourdain and uh, Joel Rose's Hungry Ghosts number one out of Dark Horse for a dollar ninety nine, and the massive Jack Kirby one hundred trade paperback from DC for eight dollars and forty nine cents. Damn, it's unheard of. Go there, dcbservice.com. In your travels, um, I have in my hands what I believe to be the most star-studded, if you, if you like things like that, the most star-studded volume of the Aliens Omnibus to date. This is mm-hmm. Aliens Omnibus Volume 5. Um, it begins with the, uh, John Arcudi, Richard Corbin, four issue alchemy miniseries. So right off the bat, you've captured my attention. I have all this stuff in single issues, but nothing beats being able to walk up to your shelf and pull off a volume. Matt, it's like Three, four hundred pages. It's a big-ass volume. Sorry. And just enjoy all this shit. There's a story in here written 
by Jim Woodring and Justin Green. Think about that for a little while, if you know who Justin Green is. Uh, the Arts by Francisco Solano Lopez. There's also a miniseries included in this volume that is... Um, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Written by James Vance, but illustrated by Guy Davis. Mm. Yes. Um, in addition to that, if, as if that weren't enough, there's a story in here called Havoc that was written by Mark Schultz. <laughs> but it's illustrated and... Take a breather, because this is going to be a long list. It's illustrated by Leif Jones, John Stokes, Duncan Fergredo, Disraeli, John Totalbin, Arthur Adams, Gary Gianni, Jeff Darrow, George Pratt, Igor Corday, Paul Lee, John K. Snyder III, Mark Nelson, Pete Bagg, Brian Horton, Dave Taylor, Kelly Jones, Guy Davis, Kelly Strom, Jay Stevens, Jerry Bingham, Kevin Nolan, Frank Terran, Joel Naprasik, Travis Charest, P. Craig Russell, Aiden Potts, Sean Phillips, Rebecca Gway, John Muth, Killian Plunkett, Ron Randall, John Pound, Gene Ha, Vania Zarolulov, sorry, Sergio Roganez, John Paul Leon, Derek Thompson, David Lloyd, Mobius, <laughs> Dave Cooper, Mike Allred, and Tony Millionaire. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Are you freaking kidding me? Seriously. Aliens Volume 5. Uh, do, I can't sell it any more than that. It's incredible. I have all these Aliens Omnibus, Omnibuy, even though, I, yeah, I double dip because it's Aliens. And um, I don't like to go searching for all this crap. I like to go to my bookshelf and say, oh, I'm going to read some Aliens. Here we go. Um, it's a franchise that's near and dear to my heart. And for $24.95, but if you get it at Discount Comic Book Service and or Amazon, it's going to be a lot less. You need to have these on your shelf. Just do it. Aliens, Omnibus, Volume 5. Richard Corbin's on the cover. My man. So disgusting. Go get it. There you I go. I like it. Yeah. All right. How could you not? Uh, in your travels, this is something new from uh, a little company called Dynamite. Hmm. Uh, this is a one-shot written and drawn by the amazingly talented artist and now writer, Ibrahim Mustafa. And colors by Jordan Boyd. This is James Bond 007 Solstice. And I gave this a shot because um, even though I wasn't too thrilled with, with, with Dynamite's initial offerings of James Bond. Um, I am a big fan of Abraham's style and, and uh, recently 
he finished uh, drawing the um, Savage Things miniseries written by Justin Jordan. Um, the style is very similar to that, and it's it's a um, it's a very it's a James Bond story without a doubt, um, with pretty much only one gadget at uh, Bond's disposal. And uh, I think you need at least one, right? Well, he, he was sent on this mission and he wasn't supposed to have any, but there was a, um, he was on assignment in Turkey. He, he was, um, he had set up explosive charges and he, um, his watch was supposed to, uh, his smartwatch was supposed to detonate the fuse, um, by remote. Apparently something happened and he, he, um, he turns it, he, he sets it to remote detonate and it, there's flare remote detonate and electromagnetic pulse. He selects remote detonate, taps the button and the flare goes off instead right in his face and and uh he um he explains to um to basically the quartermaster the watch didn't work he's like what do you mean it didn't work he goes the remote detonator malfunctioned and deployed the flash flare instead gave away my position and i had to shoot my way back into the building and and um blow the damn thing manually so uh Quartermaster's like, yeah, okay, the detonator works perfectly. I tested it myself, but I'm sure I'm sure the, the problem is user error. And um so go ahead, check the check the watch in, check your gun in, and um we'll get everything squared away. But Bond is like, no, I gotta go meet with um with M. So um I'll uh I'll be back. And and homie's like, no, all, all the equipment's gotta be turned in and and uh Bond ain't having none of that. He he stops by M's office. M has a special assignment for him. It's um completely off the books. Apparently there is a uh there is a former Russian agent who is um he's responsible for the death of an MI6 agent. Um he has been excommunicated from the Kremlin. Um, but he is, is, uh, spending time with a woman, a, a British national who, um, she was away in Paris at school. Um, two of them have, have been romantically involved, but, um, she's an estranged relative of someone in MI6. So they, they feel that, uh, that this Russian dude is using her to basically become a mole into MI6. So Bond is like, I don't, I'm not quite sure why this is really, this, this, this isn't necessarily a, um, a case you need me to, to, uh, to work on. I don't, I don't, you know, that you can just make a phone call and this will be handled. But, um, and it's like, yeah, no, that's not, he's like, if you're not up to it, you know, I just, I didn't know if you were going away for Christmas, if you have, you know, and, and Bond's like, well, I don't have any family. And he looks at the photo that M gives him. And then he looks at M 
And this woman, the girl in the photo, looks an awful lot like M. Almost like maybe he could be her father. Oh. Bond catches on. And, yeah, I says, um, I, I can handle the job, what needs to be done. And uh, so, so M sends him to Paris and um, can't, can't stop by. Um, uh, can't stop by the the bunker and, and, and pick up any gadgets or anything like that. So, um, you're, you basically, you're on your own and, and, uh, just, just handle it. And it's, it's a pretty, um, things happen pretty quickly, but it's, it's, you know, Abraham tells a, 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 a nice and, and tight story. It definitely feels like a bond story. The action, the action scenes, the fight scenes are, um, choreographed really well. I, I, uh, I like this version of Bond. I like the action in it. Uh, Boyd works well with him, and and uh, I I I definitely like the um, like the story here. Uh, like I said, it's it's a done in one uh, for the most part. The um, the Dynamite Bond books have been telling you know six issue stories, um, various spinoffs. There was a, another one shot called Money Penny, which which I read, which was pretty good. Uh, the art was nowhere near as 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 tight as um, Abraham's here, but it was um, it was also a nice little one shot that gave you just some insight on on uh, M's secretary. But this was um, this was definitely a rather enjoyable issue. And then once um, once Bond completes his job and uh, lets the um, he he dispatches the, the the former Russian agent as Bond can do, and he uh, sends the girl a text, basically breaking up with her. And uh, when he gets back home, Bond meets with um, meets with them, where they have a a slightly short, curt, to the point conversation um, about family and and. Uh, wishing each other a Merry Christmas, but it was, it, it's, it's a pretty cool issue. And, and I, uh, I dug it a lot. I, I figured it would at least look good, but I am, I'm very happy to say that, uh, that, that it reads really well as well. So, um, check it out. If, uh, if you have a chance. Sweet. I will do just that. Yes. Yeah. And you should do just that too, because Dap's always on the money. Um, we hope, yeah, you are, we hope you have a fine and wonderful and comfortable and just great Thanksgiving. We hope we filled your ears on your day off because that's what we plan to do. Um, go to our sponsor, dcbservice.com on your downtime and order some stuff because you're going to get it very inexpensively. Um, in the meantime, say happy Thanksgiving, David. Oh, that was quick. Happy Thanksgiving, David. Ah, it's uncanny. Right on the money. I don't know. It seemed close. Nah, it was money. good. It was real good. All right. It was all real right, good. All right. Um, you just piggybacking off a recent Facebook post, 
If it wasn't for Kenneth Robeson, a.k.a. Lester Dent, none of this would have been possible. You can claim otherwise. You can ignore it like Jason. (laughs) But if it wasn't for Doc Savage, we would have none of this. So let's give some respect where it's due, Jason. Uh, we, you know, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back next time. We will be here waiting for you. Um, anything else to add, Mr. Price? Um, let's see. Yes. Uh, oh, well, crap. By the time you hear this, you will have best sent your name and your location and your shipping preference to Stephen Water. Oh, yeah. At EOCG, EOC Exchange at yahoo.com. I have to send my name in. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Thanksgiving is the cutoff. So get them in. I think that's everything. But yeah, have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Um, eat a lot. Drink responsibly. Yeah. If you're driving. Otherwise, if you can be like me and you're going to be home and just fucking get lit up. But just <laughs> be good to each other. Take it easy on the conversations. Let's try not to keep it too political because we all have that drunk racist uncle. And unfortunately, right now, he's also in the White House. So just everybody be good. Yeah. That's all I want. Yep. I'm just looking forward to the day off. To the what? To the day off. You have to work Friday? Yes. Uh, yes, I will be working Black Friday, unfortunately. But uh, tomorrow is my day. I am doing absolutely nothing tomorrow. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I know. Is coming to your place? No, no. Going to the oh. mother-in-law's. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't consider that actually doing anything. Okay. You All know, right. I'm just going to go sit my ass in a chair, eat, probably fall asleep, watch my son, watch football, whatever. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Go have a good day. Come back soon. I don't know if we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll 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 be coming at you twice next week. Oh, really? When are we going to record? Tuesday and Thursday. Oh. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you just said because, it. It's that's it's set in stone well, now. No, because I wasn't sure if you if, if you were available. But screw that. Also, I'm available. Patrons, stay tuned because um, we will likely be doing another attempt to um, to do a video. Oh, the video thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to try to do a video hangout on Tuesday before we record episode 510. 510. Is it 510 or is it 59? 510. 510. Is it 510 next week? Yeah, it's 510. The. No, this is 508. So 509 will be Tuesday after the video chat and then 510 will be our book of the month yeah volume one. Oh, i can't wait i cannot wait for the book of the month it's been a, it. 
I'm, I'm not saying. But it's been a long time since I've read this, and it it's as good as it was back in the day. I heard almost none of that because you were breaking up. I'm sorry. But that's okay. That's I'll okay. Keep, I'll keep you in suspense. I will not keep our <laughs> listeners in suspense and say, get your asses back here next episode. We'll be here waiting for you. In the meantime, go have a great Thanksgiving, and we love yes. you so much. We do. Totals. Yeah. You end it. You say good night. Me? Yeah. You just want me to say, just, just, just come flat out and just, just say good night. Yeah. I could do that. And do it. Good night. Hey. Thank you.